Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Just rolling, so we're live. Um, hello, folks. We are here with um, Colin McCullough, uh, sales exec, Northern Sharing. But um, now looking at this, might be the first time I've ever seen your name written down. <laughs> so I was just saying that you have a lot of uh, there's a lot of letters yep. in that last name, yeah. It's a very strong Irish name, which I can respect, yeah. Um, but I didn't know you had two L's and then there's two C's, two L's, oh, two U's. It's, there's a mouthful there, but um, <laughs> so Colin, welcome, yeah, welcome yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> Colin McCollin, that's what people would call. Sometimes people would call me Colin. They just be like, I look and take one look at it, say, "Give up." But it's Colin McCullough. Sometimes people say McCullough. They yep. put an F at the end. I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. But it's so I'm Colin sure people McCullough. butcher the spelling. They butcher it. Well, actually, just a lot of people spell the name with one L. Colin, I, I would think L. so too. Yep. Because that's a little more uh, Irish, right? One now over two or Yeah, no? and I'm not, hey, I'm not sure exactly, you know, what the deal is with that. But when you send an email to someone and it's right in the signature and they respond with one, I'm like, it's, come on, it's right there. But it, I mean, I, it's semantics. I can't get too bothered by it. It happens. <laughs> I get G-A-E-L-E-N all the time. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like, listen, it's A-N <laughs> and it's fine. It, it's like, it, but it's right there in the signature. It's yeah, yeah. both yeah. in the email and also in the signature. Now I'm wondering if I've messed that up. Maybe it's a it was fun. So yesterday I was about two days a year, maybe three if we were lucky, a couple of my high school buddies we get together. And it doesn't a couple of them live local, some one lives away and just with work and kids and everything else, it's tough to actually get us all in one place. So yesterday we ended up spending like the evening together for about let's call it four hours or so. Was was an absolute blast. So one of the buddies, because it's kind of like you, you you hang out, you catch up, sure, sure, and then you yeah. get to reminisce a little bit, and you get to shoot the shit and yeah, make yeah, fun yeah. of people. So it's like, so one of the guys goes, "Here, look at this old yearbook." So he like pulls it out. So I'm like flipping through the old yearbook. Now it's like our yearbook when we were like in I don't know, oh, probably sixth grade, awesome. maybe it was a long time ago. Those are the best. And it was funny. So we start looking at these names. I'm like, I don't even remember that person. Now I went to Shazy. We had like no kids in our class. I was so, say not a big class. No, probably. we had like fifty. Yeah. And I remember looking at it, I'm like, some of the names I don't even remember because they never yeah. like finished out with us. Okay, okay. But they misspelled my name. G-A-E-L-A-L-E-N. I'm like, I'm like, really? Like at least, I mean, yeah. as you got older, everybody kind of knew the spelling. When you're like an elementary kid, nobody yeah. knows your name. So I just thought <laughs> yeah. it was, I kind of looked at I'm like, really? I said, so G-A-E-L-E-N. But um so um, are you Irish? So so that's a funny thing. I'll have a quick story about or that. Scottish. Yeah, so that's what I'm getting at. So I uh I mean, I love the idea of being Irish and I loved it so much in high school that I painted an Irish flag on my wall. Like not, didn't tell my parents just like straight up got some paint and just said, I'm like bedroom, bedroom wall, which, you know, I, I like looked up the McCullough crest, which I'm sure I have no relation to. And this, and I did this whole thing and I was like really proud of it. Uh, And I went to go show my parents and my dad takes one look at it and says, you know, you're Scottish, right? <laughs> you're not like, you're probably only a little Irish, but you're mostly Scottish. And then like German on my mom's side, 
Um, but so that's as far as I know. I mean, 23 and me, I've never done it, but could tell a completely different story. Uh, maybe I should do it, but it's it's really Scottish as far as I know. I was gonna say the name's yeah. dope. You got like a reddish beard. Oh yeah. It, if you grow, how long have you grown your beard out? Probably like a week, week and a half. Oh, so it you grows. always keep about that level then? Yeah, it does. It, it fluctuates. So I, you know, uh, Lauren calls me a surprise ginger. So when I met her, I was clean shaven. Because yeah. you're, uh, you're brown on top. My hair's more like, yeah, like sandy blonde brown. Yeah. And then she got to know me and it's my beard came in. She's like, I'm dating a ginger. I had no, she didn't sign up for it in the beginning. So so if it grows yeah. out, does it stay red or does it get like? Well, no, there's a little gray in there. But well, yeah, it's right. mostly red. It's mostly wisdom. red. There's some wisdom in there, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind the gray. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> so like when I when I uh, grew my beard out long, so when I started growing, I got oh, okay. my beard down one time to here. Did, okay, you've really let oh, it, like, it was like Gandalf Amish. style. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, okay. <laughs> it was excessive, but it was fun. It was a good time. It was a good like nine months. Nice. But I ended up growing this beard out, and as it went farther out, just the red really came out. Oh, nice. So I have like, it's kind of like a blondish, brownish and then as it starts to grow it actually gets like certain spots really like the red starts to shine through That's awesome so when i had a long beard you really started to see like the, it was almost like a brown beard that was like highlighted with red almost oh, yeah, like tinted nice. and like i had like almost like an amber look and it was, yeah it was pretty cool but my wife was like not into the ginger thing either not or into a huge beard so <laughs> yeah both that was a double whammy huh? <laughs> yeah it was it was quick when when she goes uh shave it i said okay oh. take it off because we're getting married in like three <laughs> oh, months. Oh, okay. So I was like, to All be right. fair, to yeah, be fair. fair. The photo, so our engagement, <laughs> our uh, like save the dates, I had this huge beard. That's amazing. But she, I love The that. main photo she took was like her like wrapping her arms around my, my like, I think it was like my neck or whatever. I don't know. Like she and I like, rap, like hugging my, like hugging me kind of thing. So her arm, not on purpose, so it just happened to do this. Like her yeah. arm went across my beard. So in the photo, you can't even see that I had this long beard that's like blocked by her Genius. arm. Genius. So we used that. And on the back, you could see I had the full beard. But then three months later, or whatever, whenever that date was, um, I had shaved it down. And when she told me to nice. shave it, I was like, okay, great. Now it's in February. Not a good time to shave the beard. So I end up going in to shave it down. And she thought I was like going down to this level because she likes like where it's at. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I like, I took scissors and legit had to cut my yeah, beard. Yeah, you have to do that first. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. To, it was like, I had to like cut yeah. my beard off like I was donating hair. It falls down. <laughs> then I ended up getting the clippers. And then I clipped it all the way down as low as I could go. Oh, man. Then I took the razor and I, shaving cream and I shaved it, yeah. straight to the skin. I've only done that twice since that day or since yeah. I met her. Yeah, yeah. That day and I did it once. Uh, I forgot when I did it, but both times she's like, Please grow your beard back. Was, okay, big so beard, I was going to ask which which would she prefer, the giant beard or the clean shaven? Because I amazing. almost think she would prefer the giant beard. Really? I'd have to ask her. Well, you're speaking on her behalf. I'd so have to ask. I know I'm going to bite my tongue. I probably yeah. should ask her. But she let the beard go. Yeah. Like, no facial hair was yeah. like instantly. Like, yeah. No, don't ever do that again and grow your beard back because I look really young. I'm getting married next year, and I think. Like Lauren and I have talked about the, how exactly I'm going to wear my facial hair. So it's like 11 days from this trimmer setting. So I have to like time when I'm going to cut it. I mean, it. it is smart. You yes. don't want to do anything the yeah. day of too. Cause if you no. nick your neck or something, oh, cause no. I nick anytime I like yeah. trip my neckline, which I have to do now. Um, like I always nick it and it's yeah. always bleeding and it's not because <laughs> I usually trim it down on the, like a low, like the very lowest, um, yeah. on the clippers. And then I'll actually take like a straight razor, almost like a one blade razor and I'll trim yeah. it all the way down, but it always cuts it's me. Sneaky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Depends. But 
So yeah, nice. usually big events, or if I have to dress up, I try to do it like the day before. Yeah. So because if it's bleeding, I don't want it like on the collar of a shirt. So I trip. I typically try to do it the yeah. night before, and then that way, like anything's issue, I can kind of wipe up, and yeah. the next day I just take a shower. I always do. Yeah, if I have a little like uh, razor burn, I'll put a little aquifer on there, and that really helps it be like not all bumpy like and that red. nice acid just like like burns a little bit I, well, when you throw it on or no No, it's not it's almost like a, it's like what you would put on a tattoo after you get a tattoo it's like skin healing moisturizing but like on on a steroids it doesn't like close up the pores so like it doesn't you know i don't know but it the makes the, it makes the bumps go away i mean you and i are both wearing beards right now yeah i think right now having a beard you can still do that and be a professional that wasn't always the case Oh, I mean, I was growing. I was in real estate when I had this beard. Like yeah. this thing. Well, then I got to the point where I was like, I can't believe I like rocked that thing for so long. Yeah. And I, you know, people make fun of you, but most of the time it was like they would. It was a good conversation piece, kind of like a jab, and then it was like, oh, we're fine. Like nobody yeah, cares. But good point. <laughs> it was. Uh, I've had a beard, basically since college. I've had a beard. Yeah. I've shaved it twice, I think, since college. Maybe a few times before I met my wife, but not often. I've always really had facial hair. Yeah. I like Fair it. Enough. It's just like it's, it's it's like full. I, I like the uh, I like the feel of it. But yeah. um, let's move. On, so, yeah. Colin, um, give us kind of your background. I, to be honest, so Nick, I love up how these... we just started this conversation with a, a long conversation about our beards. That's a also actually to... before we get into yeah. that, we ask. <laughs> so I go, Colin, do you want anything to drink? Like you say, we can get anything, anything yeah, you yeah. want. You got some beer, you get IPA. You know, if do you want just coffee, oh, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever you like to drink. Sometimes I. I opened up, especially when I think the guest is going to be a little more like casual versus like me getting in like, um, not that you're not a high profile individual, but like me getting like a Gary Douglas and I'm not saying Gary, uh, what, yeah. you want some bourbon, you want some hard liquor, like he what do you want? He might take you up on that, you never know. Maybe, maybe. But yeah. most times usually I'm like, I got like a buddy coming in. I'm like, what do you want to drink? Just like, you know, yeah, want, yeah. you know, relax. So you picked, not this particular kind, but you picked a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. What was the what was the when Nick told me this, I was like, wait, he picked, he picked red wine. I love red wine, but nice. I, I haven't had red wine in a while. I'm just kind yeah. of you took me off guard. Well, for me, you know, here we are, kind of like later afternoon, and having a, I would say, kind of like a, kind of end of the work day. I'm trying to also make sure that when we're talking today, that I feel kind of comfortable and jovial, but. I feel like a wine, if you just get a little buzz off wine, is always the time when I'm the most conversational, best mood. My dad actually makes wine. You said that, yeah. Yes. So uh, as a hobby right now, but maybe someday he would do it at you know a, an, another production level. But you have, you have limitations on what wine, what wine grapes you can grow up here. So he grows a few varieties and a Marquette is the one that's like the one that provides the most fruit and does the best. And he makes, I've had some of his wine. It's very good. I feel like within our family, wine is something that we, we tend to have with dinner and it tends to help with conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's part of, you know, it's definitely part of what my dad's doing right now and what his focus is. So you guys had wine a lot, just like typical, like, or like an evening weekend dinner or something like that. Oh, I don't know. I think my dad kind of grew up as a little bat guy and he's okay. kind of aged into uh, you know, a little bit more of like a farmer and wanting that more agrarian lifestyle. And so it started as a hobby, but then, you know, my dad just going into super detail on, you know, the different insects, the types of, so you know, soil, like how things are going to drain. I mean, he really planned this out with love. He brought up rocks from the shore to put around each vine so that, you know, weeds don't grow. Yeah. So it's just this, like, it's, it's a labor of love for him. There's a lot of science. I had a uh, yes. Dan and Nancy Vesco on here from Vesco Ridge yeah. and, 
I mean, just starting, when you really just hear, and, and the thing was with them, they start, I, I forgot when they started. Um, I want to say I was in college because I remember going to their house and helping them bottle wine back in the day. Cause yeah. They're from Shazy. I was from Shazy. Yeah, and, yeah. and kind of was one where I was like, I, I started to like wine um, around that time. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You guys are doing this. If you ever need help. And they took me up on it. And I went. And it was it was kind of cool to see a small, a little bit of a behind the scenes. But Dan and Nancy, I mean, they're, I've been doing it for so long. They're like very knowledgeable. And, you know, Dan does a lot of the farming and, and, get the grapes and he's telling me the stories of going to get in the grapes and bringing them back yeah. from the Finger Lake region and all oh, this, yeah. uh, you know, all the limitations and the laws and stuff, but it's one where there's a whole science to it. And I mean, is it, what's the name of it? So my is dad's it a it's, vineyard, it's Valcord Valcor vineyards is the name of his okay. business. But like, uh, I'm not exactly, or, or I guess like to be like a vintner, I is think vintner might be the person I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I think that's the funny thing is people be like, talk to me about wine. I'm like, Mark could give you a breakdown on every question. He can go into such detail, but I only know like the basic facts. And I, I do know that it is awesome. And it's good. That it's, <laughs> and I do know that I enjoy drinking it once it's done. <laughs> but yeah, it, I know. So is Cab your favorite? Cab Sav is usually my go-to. Actually, I really like the Marquettes and a lot of them are made around here. Mm-hmm. So there's a local vineyard who's doing grapes around here. They probably have a Marquette. And that's, uh, you know, the first time I had that, I was like, what's this? Because, you know, that's not like a typical grape, but it's called like a cold, hardy hybrid, I believe. So it can, yeah, it can grow, at, you know, it can withstand the cold winters and still grow and be prolific in the summer. Um, so I like those. I like, you know, honestly, in the summer, I like white wine. Put a little yeah. ice cube in there. Yeah. Do a little sour. Nice little Blanc. chilled white wine in the oh. summer. Especially, yes. yeah, especially when you're like, I, I do it a lot with, uh, actually, I kind of re-got my love of wine during uh, COVID last year. Oh, yeah? Because as everybody, we, everybody took up the hobby of drinking during COVID. So, like, I, I, <laughs> yes, like, I drink, but I'm, but I'm not like a, I'm not like a huge drinker. Like, I, I drink sure. socially. I don't, I don't really drink at night. We have little to no alcohol. Usually if I'm, like, wanting a drink, my wife doesn't really drink. So if I want to drink <laughs> around the house, I very rarely have beer. I have a ton of wine yeah. and I have some liquor. So like usually I try to make like some kind of quick, when I say cocktail, I basically make a Moscow mule. I don't really, oh, or yeah. I make a clubs, uh, my, uh, vodka and club soda, which is like my all time favorite drink, splash some uh, lime in there. And that, yep. But my, my bartending skills are really poor. And usually <laughs> when I go to Mo- Moscow mule, I Google how to make a Moscow mule. Yeah, yeah. And then I try to throw the ratios. I will put the mug on a scale, a food scale, and I will measure out everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually like proportionately good when it's done. But I'm like, I don't trust myself to make it because I've never <laughs> been a bartender. Um, Fair. But over COVID, um, I had, oddly enough, I bought a case of wine. And I had, and there's a whole backstory why I bought this. But I bought this case of wine. I was like, it was rosé. And I don't mind rosé, especially if it's kind of a chilled rosé. In the summer? Sure. Same thing. Yeah. So, of course, you're looking at this and it was April and May. And I'm like. It's starting to get warm out. You start yeah. to get that breeze coming, like that warm breeze. I'm like, this feels great. We had nothing going on. I had nothing to wake up for. Yeah. So I was like, you know, they want to say nothing to wake up for. I mean, I had kids, but like, I didn't have to like leave early for like an event. <laughs> you didn't have like, anything I, on the calendar. I could wake up at like yeah. seven and it wasn't the other world. So <laughs> I, I just was like, this is great. So I started to drink wine with dinner or prepping dinner or sure. just like after the kids went to bed, I'd have another glass and we'd just kind of hang out and like, or would hang out and do some work or whatever. And. Yeah. Um, I tried to actually pick guitar back up at the time and you know, have some wine while we're doing that. And it actually was wine yeah, or, yeah. or Corona extra, which 
was ironic, but the same thing oh, when it started to get su- yeah. when it started to get nice out. Like that's my warm drink, my cool like warm weather drink for beer. That's and, Warren's uh, drink. So Corona, same idea. I like Corona Extra. I don't like Premier. I don't like Corona Light. Light. I like Corona Extra. You are put a little lime in right there. on exactly. Yeah. I gotta have like the heavier because it's a light beer. You gotta I've have come little... home with Corona Light, and she'll be like, "What? What's that?" Yeah, I I, I do judge. <laughs> oh, no, because like, it's like <laughs> Corona's already a light beer, but it adds a little punch to it. it has a little point. more flavor. Yeah. Um, but I got into the wine then, so more so. I used to like it a long time ago. Yeah. Got out, got away, trying to venture back in. So right. I, I appreciate the choice. That's, Indeed. And I'm not judging it. I'm actually, was, I was surprised. I thought you were going to say like, yeah, grab a couple of like IPAs. I'm like, great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think it's, you know, I'm 30 now and like, it's like, oh, we're going to drink IPAs. I'm moving away from IPAs because I feel like I drink one and I just get kind of like sleepy and i'm like yeah i'm old (laughs) i can't do that you're 30 you said i'm 31 yeah you feel because you're you're joking before we got on like moving's a little (laughs) stiffer now isn't it no it is i mean i uh i hate to say that because i'm like 50s or 60s listening but like don't even stop (laughs) i know they're they're like stop it if you're a 20 year old Uh, though take our word stop it no no i i like being 30 i've i feel like being 29 you're just waiting of course, it was COVID when I was 29, too. So I was like, just get it over with. So I was happy to leave, leave my 20s and let my 20s be be what they were. And I feel like 30 is a very forward-looking age to a lot more like more big decisions. I definitely feel more established and have more consistency in my life now than I did mm-hmm. when I was in my early part of my 20s. And I wouldn't go back. You know, I know people would be like, oh, you know, you're clinging on to your 20s. No, I really like having the stability and being, I see you, you're thinking like, no, not, I, are you not agreeing? No, I, I actually yeah. agree more than you would probably guess. I, yeah. My thing was I had no, um, every number is a number. I don't care what mm-hmm. I am. When I turn 50, yeah. I'll be pumped. I don't care. I always think like I'm always getting better. No, physically, maybe not. Maybe you know, you're losing a step. But, but I look at like everything mentally, I'm better. Yeah. I'm usually sharper. Um, I typically, every year, I've learned more than I did the year before. You forget the useless stuff. You pull with you the good stuff. Like, I don't know a lot of stuff like when I went to school. Like, I don't care, like, Sokotoa. Remember that from math? Like, I don't care that stuff because I never had to use it. But, but I like you yeah. learn other stuff. And then you also, I find that every year I meet yeah. new people. So you meet new friends, you get new friendships, like you, you get ahead, you build, you build, yeah. you know, small victories, you know, with me and my wife or, you know, my kids or memories. So like every year gets a little better. I was pumped to turn 30. Like, yeah, I, the 30 means, I think means something. Yeah. But like some people are like, ah, oh, I'm getting old at 30. I'm like, I don't care, man. I'm like ready to go. Yeah, I'm like cruising. Totally. I'm not even like hitting peak. Like I'm like, good point. I'm like finishing that climb, but the twenties but early part of my 20s, I have like no remembrance from it. It's not because I was like <laughs> high or drunk the whole time, but it's just, yeah, fair. I just don't, there wasn't a lot going on in my life that was like important. It was kind of like getting through college, getting yeah. out of school. I didn't really do much in college. I was basically, I was working, I was coaching. I was like, I went to college, did my classes, left. Like I didn't stay on campus. So I was kind of, uh, I was probably like, when it comes to the, the college experience, I never had one, which whatever, I didn't care. It was like, yeah. I want to get through it. But like mid twenties on, when I started to meet a lot of like my friends that I'm really good friends with now, and and get a little more established in work and my my you know wife and that, then I started to like really feel like good. Now I'm just like kind of getting over that hump because your twenties are very like volatile. Very volatile. Yeah, I would I, I'd agree. And also, just being in this community now, 
and knowing that I'm not leaving it mm -hmm. is huge. So that now when I'm building relationships, it's like uh, you put equity into yourself by where, being here. Where'd you go to school? I went to school at Bates College in Maine. Uh, and then when I was done, I lived in Portland, Maine for a few years doing some service industry stuff, some Portland's sales nice. stuff. Yeah, it's a very fun city. It was almost the end of me. I can put it that way. Um, uh, I needed to. I needed to get more serious in life. <laughs> well, so, what is what is your favorite? Um, what was your favorite part of Portland? My favorite part of Portland. I mean, it's very cliche. It's just the people. I met so many. There was like there was like friends, mm -hmm. and I felt like my crew of friends was massive. And then they would introduce me to other people our age, but I get along with you too. This is just this massive group of young, like people in that same mid twenties range that you just had endless people that you could meet and endless thing, in my opinion, endless things to do. And it's the biggest city I'm ever going to live in. Um, but any day, a given day of the week, there was something going on, whether it be music or art, or there's a food special or a brewery event. And then all of a sudden you just, you had nonstop you know, things to do with friends. Like the summers, I would be so spent by the end of the summers. I would just need time. I'd just be like, I can't, I'd have to make time for myself because I've had a hard time saying no to all those different fun things. Let's go to an island for the week. Sure, you can do it, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. I, Portland reminds me of like a larger Burlington. Yeah. It's very more, like... More walkable too. It's yeah. More walkable. It was a very, very yeah. similar vibe, similar kind yes. of people, similar like, I, I would say like, same level of maybe like progression, like same level of art, same level of ton of breweries out there. Ton of breweries. I don't remember Huge the names scene. offhand, but there was a ton and they were great. Huge scene. Um, yeah. We went we went out a couple years back to a concert on Thompson Point. That place is awesome. So great. that was built while I was living there. That was developed into a concert venue, and that amazing. Is that is awesome. And there's Bissell Brothers there. Did you go? To That's that where we went. To. That that, yeah. that was a brewery we went to. Yeah, I, I, there's a there's. There was a uh, whiskey place right next door, yes. right? Okay. You yep. went to that spot. I worked in the brewing industry when I lived in Portland and you just got connected with all those guys. And if you were a, a brewer, head brewer of a uh, brewery in Portland, you're like a rock star, you know? Really? Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was a cool time to be in there while that scene was really being built out. And then you could see the bubble coming where it's like, how many breweries in this town? I mean, I think we all right now, we are very thankful all of us even here to have the amount of craft breweries we do uh but it hit kind of hit that max i feel like right as i was right as i was leaving but it's great it's great for a community because if you have a lot of breweries the same as here same as there they all work together so it wasn't like this rivalry it was more of if we can strengthen our community then we can bring people here and send people to all the different ones mm -hmm. so it's just a very much community feel i always felt very welcomed in portland even as in someone who didn't grow up there, which I think is interesting. I would expect there to be, have been some more pushback, but it just seemed like everyone there, there was just a general friendliness. I mean, it's Maine, so. Maine's chill. It's yeah. chill, yeah. Um, yeah, Bissell was good, and then we went to one place, it was like kind of an old warehouse, and I love the old industrial warehouse oh, buildings, almost oh, like, yeah. a, like a yeah. Citizen Cider over in Burlington where you'd like <laughs> push open the garage door, and it's just like yeah. very industrial looking, and like a lot of metal, a lot of, but I forgot what it was called, they had a big brewery day and uh, it was just, you walked up, they had the big long bar, you could order all the drinks and then you kind of could go inside, you could go outside, they had a bunch of tables was outside. Was it near Bissell? Was it general It facility? was in the, I'll be honest, we drank all weekend and we were taking <laughs> Ubers all over the place. So Maybe like, Bunker? I, was it Bunker? Is that... So it, I just remember yeah. it was like on the road, you had a big front parking lot. Yeah, yeah. He had probably like two or three large sliding doors. It was kind of metallic on the outside. Rising Tide? Yeah, ooh, that might have been it. Okay. 
Yeah. The bars on the left when you go in, big long bar, you can walk around the back, there's a little room on the right, and then the front was like, I mean, you had tables, you had like patio furniture, like cat, like couch patio furniture, you had uh, cornhole out there, you oh, had, yeah. it might have been Rising Tide, that sounds, that actually rings a bell. It sounds like it. It was dope. Yeah. And, um... I just I, I just enjoyed Portland. We stopped in Portsmouth. Portsmouth? Yes. Portsmouth too. And that's yeah. kind of a cute little spot. That, that oh, reminds yeah. me a lot of like Lake Placid, Burlington. Oh, very quaint New England. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably more Lake Placid. Portland was more Burlington to me. I, I love that area. And it's just because you can have the ocean mm-hmm. and beaches and then you can go snowboarding. You know, it's one of those few places where you can surf and snowboard in the same day if you really want to. Where would you go snowboarding there? Uh, you can go to Sunday River which is in Bethel, which is like, I mean, it's still like a two hour drive, but you could technically in do New it. In New Hampshire? In Maine. Okay. So you could do it. Um, and of course, if you surf there, everyone's wearing wetsuits. But yeah, the, the there's mountains, there's forests there, so you can have that kind of like something that's like, you know, being in then, once you get out of Portland to the north, reminds me of the Adirondacks in a lot of ways. I mean, it looks like it. So yeah. so what's just north of Portland? Is that when you go to like York Wells, Kenny Bunkport, like that that strip, Algonquin? I'm pretty sure, yeah, I think York is south, north of, you, you know, in Maine, it's like down, are you going down east or are you going like northeast across? The, I should say, it's like yeah. Portland's down more of the yeah. southern portion, right? Portland's in southern Maine. So, I mean, you could keep going up the coast, like Bath or in Acadia National Park. That's way north, going, right? But that's like about halfway north. I mean, Bar Harbor's way north. Maine is huge. Yeah. Maine is a lot like New York State in that people are like, oh, Maine, and they're like Portland. And then this is... You know, you can go up to Katahdin, which is, I think, maybe the highest peak in the Northeast U.S., maybe. Mm-hmm. Or no, Mount Washington is, but it's it's up there. And you're like, oh, I'm so far north. Like, you're halfway up Maine. Like, if you can keep going up to Caribou, into, like, the, the county on the very northern tip of Maine, like, that is, it is, it's, it's a very expansive state. So Have you been all the way up there? I have not been all the way. I've been all the way down east, so I've been all the way as far east up the coast to the east as you can go mm-hmm. but i've never been all the way north um but anyway i i always recommend people go to me i love when people are like i'm going to man like can i give you some suggestions because i still feel like part of there's a part of my heart that is still there how long you been in uh plattsburgh 2017 so i'm um, on four years you you live in plattsburgh now yes okay yeah. um and what brought you back well okay so we're talking about the brewing industry mm-hmm. i mean the the thing about the brewing industry is your day start. My day would start every day at 1130 in the morning. <laughs> so that's when I would open the bar. So there's it's no right. reason no. to get up early. And then your shift closes at 730. So you've made a day of tips, but you haven't sacrificed nightlife because you can still go out and have dinner or go out to a show or go out with friends to the bars. And then you have no excuse to get up. In the morning. So I'm just being honest. Like I just, mm-hmm. I wore myself to the point where I was on a, an unsustainable schedule. And you know, the big thing that actually, that really changed it for me was I was in sales. So I would go to brewery events all over New England and I would just be me in like an old van uh, with, you know, kegs. And it would just be one man show. So you set up your whole booth and, you know, you're just schmoozing people, trying to introduce them to your stuff, telling them where they could buy it. But, you know, I looked to my right and there'd be a guy who's 45 Doing, doing the, the same. same job I'm doing. And I'm looking at him like, he kind, he even kind of like looks like me a little bit. And I'm like, I am just, that's where I'm going. You know, like I'm not, I'm not going to, there's no other way up. It's just, you're, you know, you're a rep and you're going to do that for as you know, as long as, you know, you want to basically. 
And that was my time. That was really where I hit home. I was like, I really need to start thinking about getting more serious and getting into like a true career. Um, and so, yeah, in some ways I joke that I'm a little bit of the prodigal son because that's when I, you know, talked to, talked to Dina and said, Dina being your mother. Well, Dina being my mother. Yeah. You and call also, her Dina at work? Oh yeah. Well, I can't call her mom. Well, I don't know. I call my dad, dad. Like I don't, it's just <laughs> okay, weird. Fair. If I, if yeah. I was to email you, I'd be like Joey, but I would yeah. like here and I would be like dad or, but yeah, no, it's okay. I, I call to... Dina. I call, do call Dina mom, but always out of the office. Okay. And I've made that mistake in the office and it's always like so You just get ragged on. Just get a slip. Oh, you just get ragged on. You yeah. know, it's, it's, yeah, hey, it's, yeah. it's all in good fun. Um, but at the time it actually really worked out cause they had a position that had just opened. So it's not like they created a position for me to come back. They had a position that was open that Dina thought I would excel in. And it was, it was at the same time that I was thinking about getting more serious. So it was, it was, uh, it was like just perfect timing, I would say. And it's the best decision I made. I wish I had moved back a little sooner, but I mean, what can you do? You went to high school PHS? I went to Plattsburgh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, cause I, I'm, we kind of got like a little bit of background. I don't, so the thing is, I don't know. My wife actually knows you guys, your family yeah. better than I do. Cause she does massage there. Yeah. Um, or has done massage there. So she'll always be like, you know, cause I got the names written down, you know, Dina, you know, Randy, you know, Rod. And I'm like, I, I don't. I like, don't. I mean, not, not a bad way. I just have never met him. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's not, fair. You know, but I do know Northern Insuring, and I'm actually one of the things that I always look at Northern and knowing a lot of people that work at Northern. Like I know Bryce very well. I know Tiffany very well. There's a few people that I've yeah. known that have gone through there or gone back there. Um, I just I really look at it because part of myself, like owning us, like you guys are still a small business, but you guys, I'd say, yeah. are. A large small bit, a larger small business for the area, yeah. like compared to like, agreed. What we do is you guys have built out, um, I think a very reputable um, some uh, business that like I look at as motivation of like okay if someone local could do that why can't I and then I kind of look at them like you know what I, I like it I've been to the building we had the um, after hours there last year I got yeah, a tour yeah. of the building and I we yeah. went there in the past with. Uh, for some insurance stuff. And so I'd kind of seen the building. It's like, the building looks good. Like it's a good location. Everybody that I know works there, likes working there. And so I'm like, that obviously stems from the culture and it stems from the leadership. And then obviously the leadership being, you know, your grandfather, your mom, your uncle. Um, and so, I mean, what yeah. is that like for them to now say, okay, my, cause you're fourth generation, fourth generation. So yeah. was there a start ahead of Rod? There was. Yeah, and before I go on, I just say that um, yes, family leadership, but also you have longstanding employees who have really dedicated their lives to the business. Mm -hmm. And so you think of uh, an Ed Davis, Sam Cross, Brenda LaRose, Lori Miro, just to name a few. I mean, this that is really what makes the team strong too. In my last job, there was turnover like every year, every two years, no one would stay. But when you've got people who who have really um, invested themselves in the business outside of the family, that is huge. And I oh, think yeah. it's because, you know, Dina, I give, give Dina credit, Rod credit, creating that pathway forward and that, you know, upward mobility of staying in the business saying, if you, if you dedicate yourself to this, you know, there's pathways upwards in the business. So they'll say that as its own statement, but yes, before Rod, um, my great grandfather, who I never had the pleasure of meeting, he passed away about five years before I was born. E. Glenn Giltz got involved in the business in 1933. Wow. So it, it was started in 1930 by a group of Osable Forks businessmen who don't ask me the names, which I will not remember. 
Eaglen got started in the business in 1933. He was also like a part-time teacher. And then in 1941, uh, was able to buy the business. So that's when it really started my family's legacy with Northern. Um, so was it called Northern at the time? It was. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's a really cool, it's a really cool story to look back at, you know, something like E. Glenn, who has an auditorium at the college and go, you know, this is part of blood, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know people say fourth generation and, it's a big deal. I think it's, I've only realized how big a deal it is because when it's brought up, people say very few businesses make it to that point. Um, so I'd say just kudos to the family for continuing to teach certain values that I think, uh, giving back to the community, uh, is one of them. And also just having integrity and seeing the value in this area, this region, and that what the, the part that insurance plays in that. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here very lucky <laughs> because, you know, I had really, I feel like hit a dead end in Portland and then to have the opportunity to come back as a fourth generation member of a, a business that's well run, that has a very established, healthy culture, mm-hmm. and then to contribute and contribute in my own way and be given, you know, the creative, um, agency, uh, to be able to, to do, do things and start to contribute in my own way. It's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm just... I can't, I, I can't say it enough how lucky I am. And it's, it's been a trip just working, being able to work with my grandfather. Yeah. You know, like, cool. Oh my goodness. Like it's just a day doesn't go by that. I don't think, man, the, the little bits of wisdom that he's given me along the way, the fact that he's still involved with the business. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not something you see every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I have a lot of respect for cause small, small business is hard, man. And like, then I look at the fact that like you, not only do you have a small business, but you've been able to grow it over decades and decades and almost now a century, get close to it. Like you kind of look at that. Like, I just think it's cool. You have the longevity you have. It's not always easy for a lot of people to work with family. So the yeah. fact that you can no, and also you got to think too, like <laughs> yeah. for, you know, for it to get passed down, like the, your children have to want to follow in your footsteps and that, that doesn't True. always happen. And yeah. like, I remember when I got into this business, I had no desire to get into real estate and <laughs> it's even funny now. Yeah. I kind of look at it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what like kept me in real estate. I, I like, I don't, I like it. Um, I don't dislike it. It's just like one that I, you don't grow up saying, I wish it was in real estate. I mean, insurance either. Same thing. Really? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. you kind of got put in and I saw a lot of value with, um, I guess like the flexibility my dad had and, and also I, I saw the fle- like t- meaning you set your own schedule and you kind of do your own thing. Hmm. But then I also saw the flexibility, like meaning like I wanted to have kids and I wanted to have yeah. the free time to spend time with the kids. And yes. I want to miss events because I had, like, I had to ask somebody could I get off the day of work. Um, I like just running my own schedule and being my own boss. And then I also, um, I really like the idea that I get out of it what I put into it. Mm. So my mm-hmm. thing was I I am willing to grind out yeah. and I but I want to be compensated for my my time and my effort and what I'm trying to do. I don't think I would get that if I was at a salary job because I think I'd be like anybody else. I'd be bored. I'd go in. Not everybody's bored at a salary job, but I'm saying like for me, I just I needed I get it. Yeah. I needed the outlet to say I'm gonna bet on myself and yeah. know that I'm not guaranteed a paycheck ever. Even tomorrow, I'm not guaranteed a paycheck. Like yeah. nobody looks at like, oh, yeah, you've had a good like 10, 11 years, kid, but now we're like going to pull the plug and that could happen. So mm-hmm. there's always that, but I never think about it. I'm always just like, keep trying to get better, 
keep trying to meet people, keep trying to do good, have good intentions, and then eventually it's going to keep growing myself. So you would rather have that instead of the comfort, like you said, a side job, you'd rather have that motivation of kind of like a carrot where you're like, I yeah. got to get up and chase that. More like high risk, high reward. Yeah. Like I don't want the, I don't want someone to like, yeah, I don't, do. don't, don't get me wrong. Like if I had to go work at another job, yeah. You know, what's funny yeah. is when I think of like another job, if I had to really think of what I would love to do at another, yeah, job, another yeah, yeah. job, you know what it would be? It would be something. And I say, I say this, this would never happen long-term be something <laughs> mindless. Oh, really? Like where I could, I, and I know this sounds crazy. I was just, I was telling you before, like, I would not think that I, I love talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I love talking to people Monday through Friday. And then like Friday, like Saturday, Sunday, yeah. dude, I don't want to see a soul because part of me is I need quiet. One, I want to see my wife. I want to see my kids. Like of I want to, but I don't, I want to be able to do that and have no responsibility to talk to any other human being. Not because I don't want to talk. Not it's like, if you were like, Hey man, you want to hang out on Saturday? Absolutely. I would love to hang out with you. Yeah. Between the wife and my kids, I'm like, no, like my weekends, I don't do a thing, man. I'm home. Yeah. I'm doing like, like, unless it's something for work that I have to do on the weekend, I punt it to Monday. I try to limit my responsibilities on the weekend. A perfect weekend for me is like, Hey Gene, what do we have going on Saturday, Sunday? We don't really have anything. Thank the heavens. Yeah. I'm literally staying at home. It's but a party, yeah. so part of me is that we we're golfing and I was looking at the guy that was changing out like the uh the garbage cans and driving around in the cart. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I would love to work at a golf course one day. Yeah. Like, just give me some music, You're give me outside. a coffee. Let yeah, me mindlessly yeah. go around. I can kind of like, you know, chirp at the golfers and then I, you know, have a little it's fun, a little banter. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm just like outside. Nobody, I'm just kind of doing yeah, my yeah. thing. I got my checklist. Let me just go do it. And let yeah. me just listen to like a podcast. <laughs> I know I'd get bored of that quickly, but there's some days where I'm just like, that's what you'd rather. That's the only yeah. thing I would want to do. Like, like next week, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to go out and hang out. So question. I mean, I think it would be fair that most people that have met you, they think of you as an introvert. Would you agree? Introvert or sorry, extrovert. Sorry. They would think of you as an extrovert. I, I classify myself as an extrovert, extroverted introvert. Yes. So this is a very important distinction because I think I'm much the same way where, you know, you have people who are just like, Oh, I've, you know, hung out with Colin when he's go, go, go and talking about, you know, talking them up. They just expect that I'm on all the time. Mm -hmm. And then there are times where I'm very quiet, very just drawing the blinds in my house and just having like, you know, putting on relaxing music, lighting some candles and just, you know, just sitting there and just yeah. really having like meditating almost and doing that for a day. And people think that's strange, but I, I would say I'd get energy from both. I get energy from being mm -hmm. around people, but I also, I really need that time like sanctuary, like where I'm like almost like in a sanctuary, create that for myself because it helps me recharge, you know. I How do you recharge? Is that it? Honestly, I, you're gonna, it's going to be embarrassing, but I recharge by playing video games, That's but fine. not intense video games. Like I'll go on like a, I don't know, like a role playing game where it's just like, I'm a, I don't know. Like I'm, I don't want to, this is kind of sounds silly, but something where I just t shut my brain off. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when I'm playing that game, I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about upcoming wedding. I'm not thinking about, you know, that thing I said to somebody eight years ago, whatever. You know, it's truly like I shut my brain off mm -hmm. and that allows me to just separate myself from the stresses. But everyone needs to find a way to to do that. What would be yours? See, it's tough, man. So for yeah. me, like 
my my life is broken up into basically two main things. It's work and mm. family. So like, and I have three what? kids under four, which is zoo. Is it a good word for it? Yeah. So, and I look at, so my, I put a lot of work in. <laughs> Do you get to recharge? <laughs> yeah. So no, well, this is, this is legitimately it. So my, when I, I kind of laugh at like recharge because I, I have a hard time doing it, but I know, I know in my head, I'm going to have a couple years where I just, it, I mean, it's going to be difficult for me to do because. Yeah. My responsibilities with work, my responsibilities with kids, oh, yeah. it takes a lot of time and energy. So like, yeah. it, like, and any parent as a kid knows this, like, and, and the thing is my friends that don't have kids can't appreciate this or don't understand. So I'm like, I will go home tonight and I'm pumped. I'm going to be done here. We're going to, I'm going to be home by like five, five thirty tonight. Like, yeah. I'm excited. That's nice. But I get home at five thirty, and it's like cook dinner, feed the kids. It's dinner, not quiet. No, clean. The, it's like more work. I literally, God, I'm like, no. I'm prepping yeah. mentally for like three hours of just chaos. Chaos. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you do all this stuff. It's like kids, dinner, feed or cook dinner, feed them dinner, clean up, deal with all the tantrums, deal deal with whatever. Try to get them in the bath, deal with the fighting, clean stuff up, wipe stuff down. <laughs> then you start the bedtime routine, and then it's like yep. you go from five thirty to yeah. eight thirty. Kids are down, and then it's like, okay, you know, if the everything's cleaned up by then I'm good. Then if not, then it's like sometimes I have to clean up dinner at that yeah. point or sometimes I have to eat dinner at that point, depending on yeah. when I get home. So yeah, that aspect. So usually by like nine, I want to be like in bed yeah. now. Good point. Usually I probably get to bed around 10. Like I will maybe go into bed at 10. Yeah. So that my escapism, it's, it's bad. Like it, I, I think my escapism during the day would be like before bed, I might just watch some YouTube. I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. So I might just put on like some YouTube videos of like some accounts that I follow that I'm like, yeah. it could be business, could be golf, could be um, something funny or mindless. But like a lot of it is I might watch like 20 minutes, half hour, and then I'm out. And then the next day I'm up, I'm usually up pretty early and then yeah. my day starts again. Saturday, Sunday doesn't really change i'm just with the kids more so like work's gone but i don't really get a lot of like free time in a perfect world and i hope in the future i'm really gonna be conscious of take like a day off for myself yeah so i try not to schedule anything on fridays like like so my ideal work week is i try not to schedule any appointments on mondays Mm -hmm. and mondays i want to be in the office i want to be I will call clients. I will call people. I will do whatever. I just don't want to physically have something on my schedule where I have to go anywhere. So I want to show up here, work all day in the office and leave. So I have like, I'm at my desk just doing stuff, but it's doing stuff of like returning messages, calling people, setting stuff up, planning things, whatever. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all hell breaks loose. I can have appointments. (laughs) I can do whatever. I jam it into three days of the week. Fridays. I try to have nothing planned. Now, I, I kind of use this loosely as I'm getting better at this or trying to work into it, but I have no appointments usually scheduled and I have nothing scheduled to do unless there's like a fire or something comes in I have to take care of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But realistically, I can limit that down because Nick's my assistant, so she takes care of a lot of stuff too, where I can then on Fridays in a perfect world, I can show up, have nothing going on, and I can work on projects. I can think about stuff. I can read that article that I've been pushing yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I can work on that project that I've had no time to work on. So Friday for me is I, I deem as like my relaxation. Now I have to get better at it because I will do it here. 
yeah. not the best place to have a day where it's relaxation because people know you're here. So then all of a sudden, <laughs> next thing I know, I'm like, yeah. well, I had nothing planned, but I talked to six people because they stopped in my office and usually agents or, or the girls or someone stops in or, hey, yeah. can I stop in for a second? Next thing you know, it's like, so I do have to find a better, my ideal Friday would be I show up somewhere, preferably not here and preferably not my house, like where I can just like chill. Yeah. I can have a coffee. I can put on some music. I can just work. And I have no yeah. responsibilities from like six, seven, eight in the morning to like five at night. Yeah. It's tough though. No, I do. I do think it's tough. I think, you know, and I don't have kids. So I'm one of those people who's no, that's never going to never do, judge anybody that doesn't. I but will not admit that. I will not say that I understand. Use your time. I you do it. not. Yeah. I do not understand. But what I would say is like you're totally in go mode right now because you said you got three kids that are under four. Yeah. Your career is starting to take off. And yeah. so it is just, and people look at you and they're like, that guy's just <laughs> nose the grindstone until, you know, the, you will at some yeah. point, the kids will be out the house. You will be so, you know, the business will be v- even more established than it is now. You'll have, have had the success in your career. And then it'll be the time where it's like, okay, I actually do have some time for myself. And then you'll have to have the question of, can't, do I know what it is like to chill out? Because I, if you've just been grinding for that long and then it's like, okay, it's not sometimes so easy to relax. You people know, think it's easy. It's not. You know what I would, I would be interested in doing yeah. at that point when I have some free time and I'm not wishing it away. I absolutely love my kids. It's, it's they're, they're so funny and they add so much like they're goofballs value to yeah. my, my life. But there's times where I'm like, I just want a day or two or a weekend. That's off. fair. I think and, any parent would yeah, think that. And, Come and on. It's, and it's uh, like I, I was talking to my wife. Me and my wife have not been away together overnight without a kid since 2017. See, that so is crazy to 17, me. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is, yeah. we're, we're over, we're well over, we're well into our fifth year of like, and I'm talking like, like, we haven't gone anywhere without a kid. The only time we ever went, I don't live that life. We had a we had a yeah. wedding, my brother in law's wedding, which we brought our oldest son to. He's the only one born at the time. And we stayed in a hotel together with him, and he slept in our bed. The only time he's ever slept in our bed because he's always had he's always had we always put him in his room. <laughs> he's always literally all of our kids have always slept in their own room. We've never let him sleep in the bed, yeah. and the ki- he <laughs> he woke up the next morning. His feet were in my face. His head was by my wife's <laughs> face. So he basically did this like ninety degree spin. Um, <laughs> but but that's one of the, the things like me and my wife we just don't get and we're, we're, we're like conscious of yeah. like we want to do that we just yeah. know it's time but what I would like to do golf absolutely I love well, golf that will be there um, I would really like to get back into playing guitar nice which I, I, I love playing guitar takes patience takes patience which I'm yeah. fine with yeah. um, I just don't have the time to like consistently play it yeah uh, I should say I don't. I don't make the time to consistently. I hate when people say I don't have the time. I don't make the time to make consistently it, play, make play it happen. It. Yeah. So that would be two. Um, I would like to read more. I do like to read. I just don't. I just yeah. When I have free time, reading is not on my agenda. Ooh, yeah. Um. So like, give me like a coffee and just like let me sit outside and just read a book for a few hours and nobody's gonna talk to me. I love yeah. that. It's just like yeah, calm. Yeah, I just yeah. get to escape. Uh, those would probably be the three. People love you, Galen. So they're always going to try to find an excuse to come in here and talk to you. And it's great. I, no, again, I love, you know, I love people. Yeah. I love talking to people. It's just, there's times yeah. where it's just, it's not that I don't want to talk to it's people. Not all it's the just, time. it's just no. like, I need a mental reset. I just got to chill. Yeah. I just have to like, yeah. I just need my time just to like zone out, mindlessly do something. I don't do it enough. And it's, it's a str- I mean, it's one where I consciously think about it and I try to find ways to hack it. But there's times where I'm just like, 
it, you just can't like naps. Yeah. Like I can't take, well, like I'd even, love to take a nap. I can't. Even extroverts need that, you know? And I think that's anyway, people, people figure it out one way or another. Naps, naps are dangerous for me. I've taken two, two and a half hour naps the last two weekends. And like you wake up and you don't even feel good. You feel all oh, you went, you passed the like point oh, no return. Man, I did. And, um, I mean, I always pull myself up, but oof, I mean it, I don't know. I think naps are dangerous. I don't think I'm going to start. Not, I'm going to try not to nap. You know what anymore. my favorite time to nap yeah. is? It's, it's like that two o'clock. Like mm. you mean like a nice two o'clock nap. On a Sunday. Oh, well, this is any day. This could be a Sunday. <laughs> this could be a, a non-work day. Sunday. This could be a Saturday. So where I'm actually going with this is I'm thinking like a Saturday. Like, all right. All right. So you, got the a whole, curve you still got the weekend ahead of you. A little curveball. Yeah. I'm thinking like. You did some stuff in the morning. Like this would be my oh, idea. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like, You're like like I you... played golf in the morning. This would be a perfect. Thing. <laughs> this, this is doesn't a happen. Galen Trombley fantasy. This right is a fantasy. <laughs> I, it's a total fantasy. I play golf on the weekend. I don't play golf on the weekend. I don't play golf. I, I played yeah, one yeah. tournament on a weekend. Yeah. Two tournaments on a weekend in the last like four years, and I have never played. T- I like I don't. I play like six o'clock in the morning so I can yeah. get done to go work. Or, so but so scratch that is I pl- say I play golf in the morning. Get back, have lunch, hang out. Two o'clock. To like four o'clock, I take this like coma nap, and this is the perfect sleeping weather for me. <laughs> it is. I'm sitting some somewhere comfortable, somewhere cool. Yeah. Like the AC's on, the fans oh, on. Yeah. It's got to be. The windows cool. are open, like a nice yeah. cool. You can hear the leaves almost. Like oh, I'll do outside. you one better. You know, what, you know what's the perfect white noise for me? It's rain. Oh if yeah. If it's raining, yeah, and yeah. I feel like that coldness of the rain oh, come in. So this is when I sleep. I, <laughs> yes. Like, to the point where I'm in a coma. I sleep. You cannot wake me. Yeah. I will. I'm a very deep sleeper. So I will sleep for about two hours. Give me to like two, say one thirty to three thirty, two to four, somewhere in that range. I'm feeling like great. Wake yeah. up. And then we have like a place to go at night, which oh. I'm, which again, I'm fine. I know this sounds a little different, but oh. say we have like a nice dinner to go out with friends oh. or we have a nice part, like a part no or something. hard a, time. Like something I'm looking yeah. forward to doing. And it could be a party. It could be going out to dinner with friends. It could be just something that I'm like, that's the fun event. Casual, no rush to get there. Yeah. But it's yeah. something like I'm looking forward to doing nice. and it could. And again, I'll throw a curveball then. It could even be a work function. I know this sounds crazy. It could even be like. Well, it depends on the work function. It's got to be. When I say work function, it's got to be like an event where I'm going to see a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Or a wedding or something where it's like a cool thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I would like to like golf in the morning, have a little downtime in the afternoon, read, you know, maybe watch TV, do something cool, take a nice hard nap, wake up. This is what I also like to do. I wake up and then I got like, you know, when you get like. An hour and a half to two hours prior to you have to leave. And it's kind of like you're done your nap, dead time. Maybe you got to leave at, yeah. you wake up at 3, 3.30, yeah. 4 o'clock. Maybe you have to leave at 5.30. So I got all this time. Myself, I will might I might make myself a nice little, not cocktail, a nice little coffee. Yeah. I'm a coffee guy. I'm an old soul. I'll I make saw a nice, wink there. I might a little coffee. <laughs> drink a little coffee. And then then this is it. Then I yeah. might go in the bath. Then I might go in the shower. Or the oh, bathroom. Yeah. Then this is when I, I will take the time to like trim my beard. I will usually listen to some music. That is key. Sip on some coffee. Yeah. Take a, not rushed. Take a nice shower. Get out. Change. Oh, yeah. But I'm not rushed. I'm just like mellow. Maybe yeah. take a little extra long shower. Which I, like typically a shower for me, I'm in out in like three minutes. It, like this might be like a 10 minute, like let the water run, be hot, kind of like. It's awesome to do things that you would usually do before work in a hasty way. Cause you're trying to get to work yeah. on time. It's awesome to do those things on the week. This is like total adult adulting. 
it's awesome to do those things in the weekend and take a really long time to do them. I know that might be silly, but it's like, you, it's like all of a sudden you don't have time until you have all the time and you just, you just really you don't stop. rush through it. You just enjoy it. You yeah. savor every yeah. like wasted minute. I'm going to shave and I'm going to be really, you know, careful and I'm really going to extra step. Oh, yeah. And then, or it's like you wake up in the morning and as I'll like be honest, way early. I, on a Saturday, Sunday, I actually get more enjoyment out of waking up early. Yeah. Making coffee. Yeah, you're a dad now. Dude. You got to do that. So I'm telling you, this is my this is my schedule tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I wish I had my phone on me because I would fact yeah. check this and I'd prove it so hard <laughs> to you. My alarm tomorrow, and this, I got a kind of an issue, but whatever. My alarm tomorrow was set for 3.50 a.m. Sheesh. I'll tell you the reason. What's up? So actually, this is also a dad hack too. You grind your coffee... <laughs> Yep. About a half hour before you start the kids going to bed. It sits, it oh, sits in a little is... airtight because I can't do it the next morning because That's then I wake the move. kids. Grind yeah. it. The, the actual pot or the, the roast is, is nice and quiet, but that grinder's yeah. not. It's a really loud. It's a great grinder. Loud though. Yeah. So make the coffee. Tomorrow, 3.50. My first appointment tomorrow starts at 7. So from 4 to about 6.45, 6.30, I'm uh-huh. sitting down. Big golf guy. Tomorrow's the first day of the Open Championship. They play in, they're playing in England tomorrow. Again, it's a five, six hour. Nice. They they start teeing up at 1 a.m. That's great. So I'm going to wake up at like 3.50. Yeah. You're going to have some sports time, no kids. (laughs) That is. You're already catching it. So I'm going to step. I'm going to make my coffee. And this is even great. This is even so much better. And I can't wait. I'm going to be on five hours of sleep and I'm going to love it. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to sit down in my my chair. My daughter calls it dad's chair, but I very like we don't really have seats. But I'm going to sit in dad's chair tomorrow gonna have my coffee i'm gonna sit there and mindlessly watch two and a half hours of golf before then i'm gonna get yes. out shower quickly quickly because i don't want to miss it i'm gonna shower quickly get my stuff milk it to about 6 45 yeah leave to get to my place at seven done and that's my morning and i'm pumped love it 350 if you text I me tomorrow at four o'clock be like you up and be like hell yes, yeah yes i am Ready and the roll. coffee is almost done galen are you gonna be that dad who like your kids, they will be on vacation with your kids yeah. and your kids are going to get up and you're just going to be sitting there like, Oh, look, you know, look who's up sleeping beauty. You're going to be like, I've been up since four 30 this morning. Are you going to be that dad? Be like, huh, I've already went for a walk. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Went down to oh. the store. Oh, lazy bones. Uh, glad you're up. I've been up since 3am today. <laughs> I don't think so. But I also told my daughter this morning. When she was opening the fridge, I'm like, you're letting all the cold air out. Yeah. Like, so like, you're starting. Which I honestly think, like my parents said yeah. as a kid, is that even true? I think there's some logic to it, but like she held the door open for like a minute. At the end of the day, I'm like, nothing's going to melt. This is yeah. not going to melt. But of course I use yeah. that. I'm like, I'm like, listen, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm letting all the cold yeah. air out. Everything's going to melt. And of course she's two yeah. years old. She's yeah. like, what? And, and she eventually <laughs> shut it. It's, it's kind of like my dad being like, you got to separate your whites from your colors. Well, I haven't once and I'm, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Nothing I, bad has happened yet. I've committed yet. to a life of non-separating my colors and my cl- my whites because I don't think at any point, unless it's like a tie-dye, local tie-dye t-shirt, Ooh, it will not cross. Yeah, good point. So there are some clothes you got to be... But I, I haven't worn those. Bleed. I, yeah. Do you have a little hippie in you? I think I did. I mean, I'm an insurance agent now, so it's it's very... <laughs> I'm grown up So now. what I will... So, this is what I will say, and I'll, I'll throw back to Dina because she's a great role model, is that Dina is very, she has very separate lives. So when she's at work, she's a badass president and CEO, all business, 
you know, keen, just very quick business mind. But if you ever ever to see her at home, Dina has this whole other side, which is she definitely creates sanctuaries for herself. So she is a tree house where she's painted every quote that she finds to be important to her with like a hammock. And like, you know, she, she's created these spaces that are like, she makes like some driftwood art, you know, like mm -hmm. these are things. So yes, I would say in certain, in certain situations, I do have a little bit of that hippie with me in me. I mean, I'm, I'm more of somebody who I, uh, I believe in like the good of people and I believe of the good of people coming together for a common goal. But I mean, obviously I'm, I, I know I have this business side to me too. So I'm, I think I'm like my mother in that way that I've got, I can do both. So I, I can't even say, you know, as someone who sells insurance, I can't be like, yeah, I'm a hippie man. You know, it's like, it doesn't really fit, but I do have, I have a little bit of that. Well, I, would say. I, I was just thinking like, I was thinking like tie dye. Like yeah. when I was in high school, college, love me Birkenstocks. Oh yeah. Like I was like Birkenstocks, cargo shorts, tie dye yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. I see it. Like I, I, I listen to a lot of Grateful Dead, yep. listen to a lot of jam bands. Yeah. Um, people probably thought it was like, like a huge stoner. Super far out. Never yeah. smoked. Yeah. Never. I was just like, I like the music. I like the vibe. Yeah, yeah, I grew yeah. up with like, you're a lover. People man. have the same. I was yeah, like, yeah. I just, and then it was funny. Cause I'm like, I'm a, at the end of the day, I'm very laid back. Like I've, I've gotten more direct as I've, my like business responsibilities have gotten you more, gotta. but the only yeah. reason is because of time. So I'm like, I have yeah. to be direct because yeah. like I got to make decisions and I got to like, we just got to roll. Like I don't time to sit there and overthink, but like me outside of work, no decisions, dude. I'm like easy going. I'm like so chill. <laughs> I, I'm like I'll talk to y'all, have fun, but like I don't care. I'll go with the flow. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. What do you want to do? I'm like, what do you want to do? And you're like, yeah. But then if it gets to the point where like yeah. I don't know where do you want to eat, I'll pick a place to eat. But it's like, yeah. but I'm also one. I'm like you gotta enjoy, and not overstress and overthink. And I was always yeah. very good at that. I think now I am, but I'm forced to make decisions. I'm forced to, do, I'm always like on the clock to do stuff that, Yep. that's why I love doing this because I don't have my phone on me. I don't know what's going on in the world right now. I mean, if there was anything like super negative, I'm hoping Nick runs in here, but yeah. if like it's just me and you and nobody's in right. the office, like, Phone's I don't down. know, I'll yeah. check it in like two hours and it's all good. Yeah. What I would say is that I believe in like, uh, I would say like if I'm in a group, I do all right, I've worked on this. I do like to be the one making the decision, but what I've been working on lately is just let, you know, letting other people make the decisions for what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And just realizing that, you know, like coming here and sitting down and having a conversation with you is very natural for me. It's, you know, I like, I will always believe in the good of people and I'll always believe that there's, there's goodness to anyone you're going to meet. And so like you ask like, Oh, do you have a little hippie in you? It's like, I think the part of me is that I, I am very, tr I'm very trusting. I think as you grow older, I've had to re rein that in a little bit. You know, you realize that there are going to be people who take advantage of you or not tell you the, the truth the whole way. I mean, you, you, you know, can't be a sucker, but I at least try to give people the benefit of the doubt, especially if when I first meet them, you know, mm -hmm. even if someone's like, you know, you get uh, some information on somebody and I'm like, well, I'm going to make, I'm going to make my own judgment on that. You know, I'm not going to just go with your judgment. I'll make my own. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I like to be, I like to be go with the flow. I like to be somebody who, um, has an, has an easy time getting along with different people. And I love doing outdoor activities. I just camped on Valcor Island over July 4th. And even that, you know, just kind of a day, a couple of days in a tent making fires and, 
and relaxing. I mean, that does a, a wonders for me. But you know, um, where do you camp on Valcor? Unless you got a private spot, you want to tell people. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, the whole. So yeah. I went one time over. So I went one time on Valcor, and it was fun. But I don't really remember where we were on the island. I think we were kind yeah. of like on the left side, kind of in that little, like, kind of uh, almost like a little bay, um, almost like facing the golf course. But I don't. Again, this was. Remember, I told you about that time in my early 20s. I have really no good memory that for some reason. But that was like kind of the time. And it was fun. I went like I think just one night. I yeah. I think anyone who's probably listening to this podcast probably knows of Valcor Island. I mean, it's yeah. well known in these around here. You know, you you know, you laugh. It's like unless you've got a secret spot. I mean, I I do also a part of this is I want to be able to share, you know, the things I love doing in the park with other people and have them go experience it for themselves. It's not like I'm like no, I'm not going to say because like I'm going to keep this a secret. I don't think that's a great. Um, a great attitude. What I would say is, you know, if you do go to Valcor Island, leave the campsites better than what you left them. So that's my leave no trace plug. I have to say that, which is, you know, I think a lot of people go out there and party pretty hard. And then I've, I've seen come to campsites that are absolutely thrashed and it's just, come on, you know, you clean up after yourself when you leave and bring some trash bags with you. Um, but Valcor Island's magical. I, uh, if you like, if, if you have access to a boat of some kind, which you need to get out there, uh, it's a first come first serve situation. So I don't know exactly how many sites there are. I think there are a little under 30 sites on the island and they're all first come first serve. I think you do need to have a camping permit, but it's like one of those situations where we camping at a site and I think the DEC showed up and was like, let me write you a permit for the site. Not you needed to have one beforehand. It's, it's a first come first serve situation and it's beautiful out there you know like you can really get away we're talking about phones like Mm -hmm. it's a good place to to, you know put your phone down um and then you can see the sun well if you're on the western side you can see the sunset which is nice and then there are lots of sites along the eastern side i haven't camped so much on the ones that are on the eastern side of the island because it's a further paddle or just further away from where i'd launch um but the ones on the western side, I mean, I camp in most of them, and it's just if you're looking for like your next adventure, it's about a half mile to a mile paddle from Peru boat launch. Oh, and so you kayak out? Yes. Okay. So you kayak out. You you do have to check wind because you know I've had it where we'll be staying over with friends, and then we're all in the morning. All right, ready to go, and then it's white caps and it's crazy windy, and we're like we we can't leave. Uh, so maybe good to have a motorboat too. Um, but I think of Valcor as a, as a hidden gem because uh, the fact that it's so easy to go out there and get a site. I mean, especially now that Canadians aren't out there mm-hmm. too, so you have less people going out there. You know, it'd be a good thing for if people are looking for something to do this summer. That is key. That's an awesome idea. I uh, I saw this thing the other day in an email. It was called a. I want to see if it was a minication. Mm. Microcation. Microcation. You heard of that? No. So microcation. Yeah was it's the idea and i thought this was kind of this is actually kind of an inventive thing i mean the names kind of sounds dumb but whatever microcation was the idea that you take a vacation but because the way the person said it was vacation is really to try new things and do new things and experience stuff that you don't normally experience so like yeah yeah. it doesn't have to be like you went and went to disney and like so a vacation uh uh mini what did i say microcation (laughs) 
micro. I don't weird name. Might be making that up, but I like. It, <laughs> it was a small vacation. Yeah. I think it's called microcation. So yeah. a microcation was the idea, like you could go to Valcor, yes, or you could even just like go for a bike ride down to some place that you've never been, yeah, and camp out or do something. So it was the idea that you can find microcations just like like a mile or two down the road, yeah. but because it's new to you, that you would not necessarily experience it, but you could then use that as a vacation, even though you're minutes from your home and it costs you little to no money to go do it. There's a ton of that around here. Yeah. And that is a great, like, if, especially like think about having kids. You're like, well, I can't just leave for a week. Okay. But you have a ton of maintained walking trails, champagne, mm-hmm. Champlain trails networks around here are huge. You find some of those. That's a, a day's adventure. We just talked about Valcor. There's main train, tra- maintained trail systems on that island. So you can kayak out there for the day, explore those trail systems. There's like a lighthouse. There's an old stone house out there. I mean, there, and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just one of those things where when everyone's going to the high peaks and that you know is going to be crazy busy, you take a kayak out to Valcor Island, you're going to be one of the only Desolate. people out yeah. there. You know, it's going to be a true, like, quiet hiking experience for you and you're going to see a place that has been a couple miles from where you've lived your whole life but it's very beautiful well we went so we live in uh, morrisonville so we went down to they got kind of like this little walking path thing down um kind of a side street it's, it's fairly new in the last couple of years yeah. they put this up so we took um i'm trying to think what kid we took down there Whatever. We took one or two kids down what there. Kid? One of your kids? Or one, 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 kids. Yeah, one kid on the side of the road. He, was, <laughs> he looked lonely. We brought him. Um, but we, know, so we ended up going and taking one or two of our children. At the time, I don't know, maybe we had at that point. And we went and just, you went there and you walked around. It was cool because like it was just, you did you saw it from a different angle or yes. you'd never been back there. Yeah. And then at the very end, they had like a whole little park and everything. You got to play in the park and it was just kind of cool. But it was, it was legit a quarter of a mile from our house at the time. And I just remember looking at it like, it just felt like you went away for a day trip, but you were literally there for like an hour, hour and 15, 20 minutes, but it just felt like it was like, wow, this is really neat. And it was a quarter of a mile away. So that can be an analogy for living here on a larger scale mm-hmm. because, and I, I mean, I, I will keep saying it. It's something I've, you know, I've gone on the record as saying before, but I left Plattsburgh being like, I'm never coming back here. I don't want to work insurance. This place sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing going on. Super negative about Plattsburgh, about the region. You know, got a little bit older, came back, realized a lot of those opinions, I didn't make them myself. Someone else told me that. And I just decided to believe them. Mm-hmm. But then when you go and peel the, like the layer of the onion back and you start to see all of the different things around here that are natural beauty, maintained trails, mountains, lakes, rivers, uh, swimming spots. Uh, there's, I mean, the list, golf, the list is, is almost endless. And you realize that somebody, someone else, you know, someone else in another part of the country will pick on like the suburbs of Ohio. If they were here, they would be, and I've seen it because I've brought friends up here and the whole time they're just looking out the window saying, this place is so beautiful. And there's so much to do here and I love visiting because I can have a bonfire on the lake and, you know, or we can get a good tea time or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, there's all these really cool adventures, micro occasion, micro adventures that I can do. And I would love living here. And you hear that as someone who has, 
you know, I've had another part of my life where I was negative about the place. It really changes your perspective on this place. Like I can't be negative about this place. A lot, there are people who would kill to live here, you know? And so do, do you yeah. think it has to do with, I hear that a lot and it's yeah. typically the two times I hear people that want to just like jet from this place. Yeah. 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 Is there's two, I would say the 18 year old mm. roughly at a high yep. school, I got to go to what a college. You can't really blame them. No. And yeah, I don't, I don't ever blame them. And we had kids in our class and school and everything else. So like I'm getting out of this place. I got to get out of here. And, yeah. and usually I always look at you either didn't have a fun upbringing locally. You didn't have a lot of friends, whatever. It's not that like yeah. negative, but there's always a reason why yeah. at no point did I want to leave. And yeah. And it wasn't because are there other parts of the country? I'm like, that would be a cool place. Yes. But if I really, you got to think too, there's a lot to do with your investment in an area and that could be family, that could be friends. Like you've spent at that point, 18 years. And now for me, you know, 30 something years of, you know, you know, between family, friends, just knowing the area you've invested, like at this point, hopefully less than or over less than less than a third of my life. But you know, you know, for all intents and purposes, like a third of my life already invested in this community. So no matter what happens in my life, this is always going to be like a big portion of it. But I look at someone that's 18 that, you know, maybe didn't have the friends, maybe didn't have the good experience. It's not necessarily the area. They just never took advantage of it. They want to sure. go away. Yeah. Totally fine. A lot of them end up coming back. Maybe they go on to go to school in Montreal. Maybe they want to go to school in California. Maybe they want to go down to Florida. And a lot of them have come back. And it's great. Like, I don't look at the person and be like, oh, I told you so. I'm like, no, that's great. Glad to have you back. But the other people I always find is like, then you get the people that maybe are a little bit older. And let's call them like, maybe they're our age. I don't know. I'm just kind of random. But there are people that are adults that maybe, you know, something bad happened to them. Maybe they had a divorce. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they had something where they're like, this place sucks. Well, I'm like, the place doesn't Does the suck. place suck or was yeah. your experience? Yeah, maybe you had a bad yeah. experience. And, yeah, be- yeah. and again, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic. Yeah. Maybe you tie that experience to the location of, hey, I had a, a bad marriage, but in my my spouse or ex-spouse was from that area. Therefore, my you know when I think Plattsburgh or the North Country, I think this person, I think they're friends. And, I, and then you want a new start. Totally, you know, I sympathize mm-hmm. with that and get it, but it doesn't make the area a bad place. So I look at, Fair. those are kind of the two situations where I find that, I mean, you maybe toss in a third of like the people that are retired and want to go to Florida and be in the warmth. Don't blame them. I would like I'm to not do even going to count them because at that point, I would do the same thing. Like I would maybe do the same thing. I would have a house thing. here, but I still want to have some warmth. It yes. gets cold here. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah. I, I would add a third group of people who want city life. And do you, people, what age do you think that would like be? Like people around probably our age or younger. Probably yeah, a little, just younger. a little younger than us. Yep. And, you know, it's really. I mean, I guess it's just, I don't really have much to say, but they're like, oh, there's nothing going on here. And it's like, you ask a little bit more about that. And you realize when they list off the things they want, it's like, oh, you, you want New York city. You're right. You're not, you're not going to get, you're not going to get New York city. a lot of that in Albany. Or, or Portland even, Yeah, Portland. you know, like you would have that type of situation. But I do think that there's a lot to be said in enjoying small town living that once you unlock that, it's a great cheat code to have you know and maybe it comes with age do you think that maybe the reason those young say teens to young 20 year olds come back yeah. is maybe what they want at 
18 yeah. to 25 is not yeah. the same that you want when you start approaching 30 or older. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I use myself an example. I was like, oh, I want to work in the brewing industry, mm-hmm. you know, but then you, you, you're like, oh, I, I really, I'd like some benefits. Um, I'd like to have some, uh, you know, at least stability with uh, knowing what I, that I'm not going to get fired. Um, you know, like I, I do think that there's a, there's a part of me, uh, that understands that, that younger person who is, you know, kind of like, Oh, well, you know, where I can go to Portland, Maine and there'll be a concert every night. And that sounds awesome. And then, you know, part of me now is I'm like, I I'm thinking about having, buying a house someday. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm in the right, maybe in the right room for that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, oh, maybe we'll work something out after this. But I, uh, I'm thinking about establishing myself in a community where, you know, Rod Gilt's grandfather would say, you know, you can be a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. And is that, that's, that can be better as you grow older. You know, you talk about the elderly group of people who are like snowbirds um, who go down to Florida uh, for the winter. I mean, I think of, I think of happy. What, what does happiness look like when you're older too? I mean, you and I, we're both, we're grinding it out right now. We got a lot of our life ahead of us and we got families that are, we're building, starting to build families. Um, what's it going to look like when I'm 70? And I think my happiness, I'm just talking about like sustainable happiness. Community is happiness mm-hmm. when you're 70, when you're older, people who see you as having wisdom and go to you and have questions and, having connections and people to talk to when you're older, when it can be a very isolating time. You know, I think of Plattsburgh as this is for sustainable happiness. I'm not talking about flash in the pan, you know, going to a city for a few years and having, you know, a bunch of kicks for fun. I'm talking about sustainable happiness over time where I can be a part of this community, give back, see it grow, you know, care about the people here in the region here. You know, that is kind of like a life's work. And so when people, you know, I do, I do have to get better at this. I've, I've definitely done it though in conversation when people do say negative things in the, about the region or about Plattsburgh, I don't jump all over them, but I'd ask, I start asking questions kind of like, why, why do you feel that way? Because, uh, like you said, all of a sudden you start asking a few questions and you start to get a sense of, Oh, yeah. you just went through a divorce. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. But, um, you know, sometimes it's just because people haven't been able to see it from a different perspective. They don't know that there's an amazing, beautiful walking trail right by their house mm-hmm. or that there's an island that's a short kayak away. I mean, it's just the it's just for me. I always want to just turn people on to that different perspective because I think it's so important. It's an experience I went through and I want other people to have that, too. Yeah, I I, I think family number well, one, like fa- my family, my wife's family, both are around here, but. Yeah having our kids grow up with grandparents that are local was something that was important to us. We had our friends here where I, I like you said, I, are there places that it could have more stuff to do that is closer? Absolutely. Sure. I can still Always. see a concert in Montreal. It's yeah, a yeah. Burlington. So go, go to Albany. So go to New York city, Boston, Syracuse, whatever, like Toronto. I mean, you can go to places, yeah. um, geographically we're in a really cool spot. We are in a very cool spot. Geographically. Yeah. yeah. Ottawa. I mean, it's, but if you take, Take that out of the situation. Like, if I had to really pick, like, what's ninety-five or more percent of your life, ninety-nine percent of your life? Typically, it's the day-to-day people I know, places I see, and I, I find as much as we were kind of joking, or not say joking. I mean, it's serious, but like this, this, we're talking about, like, I do like to have my moments where I just it's just me, and I get yeah. some like Galen time where I don't have to feel like I'm on because I, I feel like 
My work is not physically yeah. hard. My work is mentally hard. Yeah. And I don't think some people are like, oh, well, what'd you do today? I'm like, yeah, I didn't go manually dig a ditch or do something where I was on my feet all day. Yeah. Um, but when your mind is going, that's what tires me out. And, and I find that mentally I'm on, even right now doing a podcast, I'm like, there, I'm still more mentally on than I would be if I'm just chilling at home. Like You're hosting a, a podcast. Yeah, planning. You know, well, I mean, yeah. I don't really look at this much as work. Depends on the person. Mm. This one, <laughs> depends on the person. This one, I don't feel like I, I'm yeah. working. Certain people that have come on where I don't have a great rapport. I say rapport. I don't have um, certain people that I feel is more of like I'm hosting and interviewing and I don't really know them super well that I, I feel that I have to put more work into it or yeah. someone that's not a good conversationalist yeah. and I have to lead the conversation more than mentally am I like this. I'm like, this is, trust me, you're, well, you're in the more easy category. I'm an open, yeah. I'm an open book, but I mean, I like, I don't anything. feel like I have yeah. to like drag you through the conversation. No. Like, so me, this is more like just relaxation and just like, Oh, this is good. And these <laughs> are the having ones a, that having a glass of wine with a friend. Yeah. They, they go a little bit longer and they're more fun and just like less, less, uh, mental work. But, Typical days, like I get home and I'm just beat because I'm like, yeah. it's not that it's a bad thing. I'm just on. It's yeah. like watching your kids. Like I'm just head swiveling. You're just on. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I find that just being able to like know people and like some of my really close friends and a lot of them I met in business, like, and I've met over the last couple of years and they're great. They're like my closest people that I talk to and yeah, yeah. I want to talk to them and see them. Those are the, like, I like the idea that I like have that connection and I have that group of people that I'm like. This is great. Like we were talking about, like I went to uh, lunch today with your uh, associate and yeah. like absolutely love Tiffany and like Tiffany. Yeah. And it was great. And like the conversation yeah. was, we talked business maybe 20, 30% of the time. Yeah. The same time we're just shooting the shit, talking about each other's lives, talking about like having fun, talking about whatever that comes to mind. But I'm like, I, I find that I want to get that as well. And, and the thing is like, as you're there, you see people that come in that you know. And like I like it. I'm out. Like I don't mind talking to people. And so, I like that idea. So I mean I have a question because I, I do see a parallel between the two businesses we work for. Um, that both of our businesses have a good young core. I mean, yeah. if you uh Tiffany and Bryce I, I love absolutely love both of them. I mean they're it, it, such great. It's people. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And you have uh I just met a couple of them here, but I've, yep. I've seen them about town. I mean, the whole point is, is we live in a place where there's, I mean, you and I both have rubbed shoulders with the older, like the middle age and then the older guard mm-hmm. who are like been established here. And it's awesome getting to know them. Mm-hmm. And they, in a lot of ways, you know, some of them know you from as, since you've been a kid. So it's a real treat for them to see you then become, you know, the next generation. But what I would say, and I, I'd ask this question to you, Galen, is I do feel like there is a young core in Plattsburgh, uh, specifically, and the surrounding regions, where there's a lot of people who are, you know, planting a flag in this place, and there's some good positive. It's not like a, it's a ton of people moving here really fast, but there's a lot of really there's a lot of good young people who are here now who believe in Plattsburgh mm-hmm. and the surrounding areas. Would you agree that that like we're on a good trend? Because I think we could still do some work in attracting new residents, but there's a good yeah. core here now. I and, and I've thought about this. Yes, so absolutely. So I've thought about this for a long, like in depth for quite a bit of of time. And some of my closest friends, like I said before, um, Ryan Lee, 
Meg Whedon, Jared Burns. Yep. I mean, these are people that are young professionals. You know, Adam Crosley. Like these guys are young professionals that have basically put their their stake in the ground and said, mm-hmm. "I'm going to live here, and why I'm here, I'm going to have a positive impact on this place." And I, I would look at your family, and I know your family does a ton of stuff in the community. Like they, in their generation, have put that like your grandfather. Yeah put that stake in the ground and said, I'm going to make Plattsburgh my home and I'm going to invest in it. And I'm yeah. going to, you know, create a business here. I'm going to live here. I'm going to support the local people here, support all the, all the stuff that they can do locally, which they do a fantastic, I mean, if we have time, we'll talk about it, but they do a fantastic <laughs> job. With sure. It. Yeah. But I look at that and then I look at your grandfather, I'm sure was super proud of your, the next generation, like yeah. your mother's generation because they have a ton of people that did it. And I've tried yes. to get some of those people on because a lot of them is I like picking their brain of where we've been, seeing the parallels and then saying, okay, what can we take from this person? A Mark Barry, a Gary Douglas, a, you know, yeah. that have been doing it for, you know, years and years and years. I've seen, say, have stories throughout the years. Yeah, of like different the base closing the ba- and a little exactly. bit of like nuggets that yeah. we can take and say, okay, what can I learn from Mark Berry, who spent years and years and years putting effort and, and energy into this community? What can I learn from Mark that I then can take mm-hmm. with maybe mm-hmm. his daughter Alex and other people that, that are my age that are saying, you know what, we can now bridge that gap and make this place a better place. So when I talk yes, about there is a bridge, young professionals, sure. yeah. I think, and I'm only going to say, I think right now we have a fantastic group. I think we've always had people. Mm. That the thing is, right now I'm focused more on it because I'm in it. Yeah, they're now my peers, but I really think that we're starting to kind of hit a level where I think the younger people that grew up here. So, like our parents grew up here. Your parents grew up. Like my parents, your parents. You know, Meg's parents, Ryan's parents. You know, they grew. Jared's, Jared was an import, but stayed here after college. Adam was an import, stayed here mm. after college. But these people that have been here. Um, for years, Tiffany, you know, has been here for years. Bryce is an yes. import, but Jess has been, his wife has been yeah, here for years. Exactly. So like yeah. you look at those people that they've come to this community from, for some reason, look at it as, you know what, either one, I grew up here. So I got the nostalgia of, or I have the, Hey, I want to carry on the tradition of my family or our, yep. our community. And then you also have the idea that these new people coming in are like, you know what, this, like you said, your friends that come visit, like, this is a really cool place. Now they're in yeah. it. Like, I want it. Like, this is dope. I want to buy a house. I want to have kids. Yep. I want to have a family. I want to get yeah. a job locally. And I, f- I really find that we're hitting a stride right now locally where Plattsburgh is becoming cool and Plattsburgh, and I'm hoping it Believe it, baby. Into, yeah, it gets Believe into, it. I know Aaron, if Aaron Banner was here, he'd be oh, like, yeah, he'd riding be it. Fist Believe, bumping. baby, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but the idea that you can take all these people that are like looking at this community as, you know, I don't want to go anywhere else. Like, yeah. I want to, and I find that yeah. it's kind of like the Rocky story. I like being a little bit of the underdog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to move to, right. I don't, don't want to move to, uh, Syracuse or, or, or Albany or Buffalo and be the Ivan Drago. Like I want to be Rocky. I want to go through the snow. I want to fight. I want to go to Russia. I want to fight him in Moscow on Christmas Day and make oh, it happen. We need a Galen Trumby montage. And, Come and, and on. It would be a poor training montage. It wouldn't be that fast. But um, I put a lot of heart into it though. Uh, but yeah, the whole idea that we get these people together and it's like I just find that same thing. I mean you, like Northern Shuring. Northern Shuring would be absolutely nothing if it was one person. No. It takes everybody yeah. at that place doing their job, doing it well, and being the being the community. That's something I value here. That's something like, you know, 
who just said Aaron Benner hashtag believe, but it takes a group. That's her motto. It's like, it takes more than one person and you have to rely on a team. I play team sports. I love golf. I never played golf because I wanted to play baseball because I want (laughs) to be on a team sport. And I look at the same idea that I can lean on. You know, I talk about these people like a Meg Whedon, one of my like best friends, talk to almost every day. She's awesome. Ryan Lee. I talk to him almost every day or every week. Jared Burns. Like there's so many people that I just, Aaron Benner, they're like, in my, I say like they're just in that like sphere that I can tell them anything, yeah. and I know that they support me a hundred percent. Yeah, give me, you know, the tough love when I need it. Give me the support when I need it. Give me, but they're all looking at it as how can I use? I don't say use. How can I work with that person to make our area better? And yes. you need that strong contingency of young people. And like you, I look at okay, coming in. Saying like I'm living in the North Country, yep, and saying like you know what I got a history, I have a lot of ties, I have a lot of reason to support this community, and then say you know what I'm 30. You know what's gonna be dope? I'm 31. You're gonna be 30. We're gonna be 60. Yep. I'll probably have you back on the podcast. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're not hopefully we're not canceled <laughs> at that point, which would just be me giving up on it. But um, but it's one right. Like yeah. I'm sure I'm gonna see you for decades at yeah. a bunch of events. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love it. Like Definitely, I'm gonna sit yeah, there and be like, dude, remember that. that that podcast we did back? Oh when was my it? When was that? Like we were like 30 doing. We it. talked about our beards for like five. Yeah, minutes. like I haven't <laughs> grown. I don't even have hair anymore. I'm talking about our beard. But I think, but I think it's like there's a lot of benefits to like these yeah. people that are local and like I can't wait to have 30, yes. 40 year relationships with yeah. those people I just mentioned, and, and it's gonna be. And I also look at the this area right here, right out my window. There's a reason I love this office and a reason I don't want to move out of this. Like when I say downtown, like this space I count this was down downtown. Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying when yeah. I say downtown, I don't want to move out of this downtown, like the waterfront. Like, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. this area because I think that this right here is the most, um, very untapped. Well, it's untapped, but I think it's the, the most strategic, popular, not popular, strategic, biggest adv- or opportunity yeah, property there's a lot of opportunity outside that window that we have yeah. in clinton county and i would even and i would even argue yeah. north of maybe lake george Oof, that yeah. this right here what i see on my You're window every wrong. day and, yeah. and i'm like so we might be a little biased i'm a little biased both of us might be a little biased but, but i'm so uh, i'm so on it i, yeah. I see lake george but i would i would say really once you get over the adirondacks yeah. you don't like lake george no, right. you don't i mean what do you have maybe I mean, what, Queensbury, I mean, geez, Lake there's George. A, there's but, a train stop that connects New York City to Montreal that stops right here. Yeah. You got lake, beautiful lakefront property. I mean, dope. it's a beautiful day right now, too. So if it was raining, I, maybe we wouldn't. It's not. like showing you a house on yeah. a really nice day and no, getting those vibes. I but mean, yeah, it's it's, so they built this parking lot, I think, for what? Like a hotel yeah. that never got built. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you pay paradise and you put up a parking lot and in the Shout real out, form. Um, you <laughs> know what it is yeah. right now? Yeah. These old young young whippersnappers, they take their uh, cars right here and they just drag race. You know what? I would hey, do that if you I know, was that You know age. what? A good thing yeah. for Northern Sharing, if you guys just want to like station a couple people out here oh, and just gosh. watch these kids wreck their cars and it's like... <laughs> we don't want to insure those But folks. I mean, you might want to like... Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. Ri- I don't, hey, risky business. I don't right? want to get exactly. I don't want to get too far away from what you just said about like uh, partnering with other businesses to make this community better. Because I, I, it'll. It's the hill I'm willing to die on. That that statement I feel like is woven into the fabric of this place, and it's not just us in our generation that goes back. That is that is part of what has made Plattsburgh today is people helping people. You know, I think one thing that you could stir any 
person who loves this place up is people be like, well, don't you want to be like Burlington? Like, no, no, we don't look respect to Burlington. That's a great thing they got going over here. But if you talk to someone who truly loves Plattsburgh, I would, I think there'd be very few people who say that they'd want Plattsburgh to be like Burlington. We, we want this place to be vibrant, but it's gotta be, I think there is that feeling of it's got to be at least somewhat homegrown. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think there are sometimes people are not as receptive to outside ideas. I think we could be more receptive to out, outside ideas, but I still think you have to bring through the different generations of people who, are, who have dedicated their lives to this place and work with them to build the vibrancy that's here. It has to be natural to this place. So that's kind of what I throughout my lifetime and we're talking about as we go forward that's what i want to see and that's what i'm dedicated to doing and if that's you know i play a small piece in that and we've got ourselves a nice sustainable northern north country town you know that is vibrant and has people who want to live here has good quality of life that is i think the dream and I want to see it happen. And it's not about, you know, we're both involved in our own specific businesses, but we, we agree that, you know, when the tide rises, the ships rise with it. Yeah. Favorite one of my all time favorite quotes. Yeah. Tom Bull. Yoink that one. That? Yeah. That? He did say that one. That was the, uh, yeah. I had to do a, I've said it like a hundred times since he said it. Cause really? I'm like, yes, that's how I feel rise about tide this place. Ships. Yeah. That's exactly. That's how I feel about this place. I feel like it's always been about community. And the stronger we make the community, the better this place is going to be for everybody. And that's what I want. I care about the region, you know. There, there's a uh, a good follow on Instagram. My oh, friend uh, Anna. I'm all about that. My my friend Anna. Good follow. My friend Anna told me. Um, shout out Anna Hewitt, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> Anna told me about this. It's called the Rising Tide Society. Yeah. It's, it, I follow it. It's, it's cool. I mean, it's not. I forgot where it's from. Where it's out of, but. Um, a lot of good just messages on that idea of like, Hey, don't like, I'm on like, I compete. I know it sounds like corny. I really, every single day compete with myself. Yeah. I don't really care. Like I, I'm in real estate. I could care less what other companies are doing. I'm aware of what they're doing, but at the end of the day, like they have such a small factor on what we actually do that just me putting more effort and willpower into it. And I've seen over the last couple of years, like we've been able to grow tremendously purely because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to outwork people and outwork people with a goal and of not beating them, but of bettering yourself, of bettering myself. And at no point was I want to get better than them. And if we make a dent in that and we do take more market share, whatever, that's a benefit. But I really look at every day. It's like when you talk about like quiet time and think time and like I'm looking at self-improvement I just want to get better myself if I get better by default Kavanaugh will get better and yeah. if Kavanaugh gets better then I can accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish but a lot of it is not I could care less I don't look at anybody's success and say like screw them like I look at them like yeah. that's great good for them like I because it also adds like a fire to me to say okay if they're doing that then I got to work a little bit harder because I don't want to lose like it's kind of like I don't want to get to the point where I want to coast yeah but I'm like, okay, well, well they're, this, they're up in their game. I got to up my game because I don't want to be irrelevant. You know what this reminds me of? And I'm, I'm, I'll be shocked if you don't know this, Galen. But okay. Simon Sinek, he's very buzzy right now. But yep. the Infinite Game. Start with why? Start, I was going to say the Infinite Game. I got the game. book somewhere up here, yeah. So what you talk about is business is an in soccer, football, golf. Those are finite games. Mm-hmm. 
the game of business is an infinite game. The yep. game is not to win. It's just to keep playing. And so yep. when I'm hearing you say it, I mean, I, I think that that is a great mindset to adopt because you're not always focused on the competition saying they're going to beat me. It's like, I'm just trying to keep playing. And I, if I'm playing against myself and I'm trying to get better every day, then it's, that's what the mindset is. Not let's break it down into quarters. Let's break it down into year end. You know, you know what the, yeah. uh, it sounds like, I know it's corny. Well, it's not corny, but... Don't even say that, man. It, Come on. I mean, I can't, like I even cringe when I say it, but like, whatever. I don't give it. I don't give now, every, it's, now it's, I'm going to think that what you're about to say next is corny, but no, it probably so, isn't going to be. So, so the thing is, so when I... Um, it's funny. When I write out goals, I write one year, three year, five year, 10 year, 20 year, 30 year goals. Yeah. Okay. So 30 years, I'm 60. So yeah. thir- I'm 61. Uh, so if, but if I look at that and I, and people say, well, like when you make goals, like why would you do 10, 20 and 30 years? Why would you do 20 and 30 year goals? That's stupid. Yeah. 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 And I look at it, I'm like, okay, well you got to realize my one year goals are very metric driven. Meaning I have yeah, like, right. I don't like the idea of like, you're going to be better. Like that's not really a goal, <laughs> but like, Hey, I want to you know yeah, yeah. sell this many houses or I want to improve the business by this, or I want to hit this metric where I can, like, and I, I like black or white. Yeah, yeah. On short-term goals. So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I want to, if I want the business to do this number of homes, even if you fall one short, you didn't do it. Like, it's, it's black or white. Did you get to that number yeah. or not? And I can keep myself accountable by that, by that number. So I'm a very number person. But my 10, 20, 30, and I would even say 3 and 4 have numbers to them. My yeah. 10, 20, 30 goals typically do not have numbers. They have themes. They have, they have uh, Love it. very broad goals. Yeah. And... What I try to do is I I equate that down to are you familiar with like uh, film focusing like like cameras? Yes, in I mean, some in to, some sense, yes. So if I was to say, give me like Jared Burns or or Chris Boyer, are probably gonna cringe when I say this, but like if I was to say take a two hundred millimeter lens which can zoom in really really tight, mm-hmm. and I was to like zoom all the way out, <laughs> and I was trying to find something yeah, yeah, in the yeah. distance. My 30-year goals, if I have that all the way zoomed in the 200 millimeters, and I know exactly what it is. It's a good analogy. What I look at is every day, I'm looking at my one-year goal is zoomed in. My 30-year goal is out of focus. Yeah, yeah. I know what it is. Hey, you're looking at a bird. Great. It's more abstract in some ways. Yeah, like you're looking at a bird. Well, what bird is it? I'm like... I don't know. Let me yeah. zoom in. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the ideas, like I know what I want to do. I know what my end goal would be. But I do I know the exact place, person, time, date, amount? No. That yeah. that's I don't care. It's so far out, right. I can't control it. What I can control is like I break it down. But they, ten year, five year, three year. They one year. work in conjunction in a lot yes. of ways. So my yeah. decisions now are geared at wherever I deem that decision. Coffee yeah. day the other day. We had a coffee day. It was great. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Was that a thirty year goal? I would argue a little bit. Yeah, like, but, if I, away at but if I strip away yeah. that down, yeah. it was, okay, I got to do this today or this week or next week or whatever to get this event in three, four weeks like yeah. to the point where we have it like good enough to like run it out. And the idea was, did I look at that event as, did I sell a home? No. Was I trying to sell a home? No. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to Mr. But, McCullough. But, oh, you know, and you're, it's but, part of you, does that bother you a little bit? But then absolutely. at the same time, you have to make yourself be like, no, it's not no, about not that. Not one part of yeah. me running that event or doing that was geared at selling a home. And the thing is, which is crazy, our business is to sell real estate. Like, yeah. was not even on my radar. If I don't get a sale from it, I don't care. That was not part of my goal. Right. Like, if somebody calls me and says, hey, man, I met you at the coffee day. I want to buy a house. Like, Great. Oh, well, cool. I never thought that would happen, but great. Yeah, yeah that wasn't even what that was about. Was even was it on yeah. a, was it on a blip on the radar? Yeah. What was my goal? One was it was fun. Oh, Jay, no, it sounds crazy. It was fun, yeah. but it allowed people from the office to get together. It was a little yeah. bit uh, like an internal community event. Good uh, organic conversations that happened. Hundred percent. I yeah. love that. I don't like scripted stuff. I yeah. like like just raw off yeah. the cuff. I. Podcast, I very rarely edit it. Most, I would say, ninety nine percent of my videos I do in one take. I only yeah. not do them in one take because I might start off wrong. And it's not that I I care if I stumble. I just am like, not the thought I was trying to convey. Let me just restart that and yeah. start again because I have no script. I just I just literally like record. Let me just spew out what I'm saying, and it's, it's so authentic. But the coffee day was I got everybody to get everybody. I say we got about half the office there. But they yeah. got to mingle, they got to see each other, got to hang out. It was great. I got to see a lot of people. A lot of them are people that I knew, yourself, some other people. Some people are people I had no clue who they were. Met a couple yeah. people that I didn't know who they were. It was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. We handed out probably a hundred plus shirts that day. Yeah. And the idea was, okay, now I can have people wear the shirts, which helps with our branding and helps with everything else. Correct. Great. Yeah. I we were able to leverage it with social media. So we had a lot of ways where we then could, so we exactly, we could post it out to the people that did not go and able to then double down on the social aspect. It's part. Oh, sorry. You're not going to be able to, you know, when it hits the bottom line, an event like that coffee event, it's going to hard to be saying because that coffee event, we ended up closing on this many, but that's not the, that is not you have to it's disconnect a, it's it. It's an undefined yeah. ROI that I know is positive. Yeah. And the reason I say that is I don't know the ROI of me handing a t shirt yeah. to someone at a coffee event. I have no clue. Right. Does that person buy a four hundred thousand dollar home? Yeah. Fantastic. I don't know. They may buy a house with the realtor down at another company and I never see that person ever again. Yeah. It does not matter. It doesn't cross my mind. What I do know is the intent of it was to have fun. It was to see people, it was to spread goodwill, yeah. it was to bring I can hand my shirts out. I can leverage it in social media. So there's a marketing aspect. Rebecca, who runs High Peaks Brew, I think is a fascinating young lady that is doing a lot of cool stuff. She's built up a very fast following. I, yeah. And I also... Had her coffee this morning. Did you? Good. West Bay Plaza on Wednesdays. She, she crushes it there. Money. So yeah. I also think that Rebecca is a young professional that yeah i think is doing it the correct way yeah she's she markets very well she's very personal she makes a great coffee she like is very responsible leading up to that event she was great she worked with us fantastic the day of very go with the flow i'm 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 just down we're gonna make this fun and she had a great mindset after the fact she like she helped us with the marketing she did like she was like in it. She was like, this is great. Part of it was yeah. I wanted to, and I don't want to downplay anybody else. One of the strong suits that I believe we, myself, and I believe we have is that I'm very marketing driven. I'm mm. very brand driven. I'm very, yeah. I understand 
consumption. I understand attention. I understand that kind yeah. of stuff. So when someone needs to buy a home, they think they think of you. That's. I mean, I'll, yeah. again, I mean, I can get into that point in, in a sec. But like, it seems like a simple thing. It's actually a very it's complicated very thing. And, yeah, and I'll talk about that. But the the idea with Rebecca is, I also wanted a platform, knowing that any place that she's ever been is not going to light her up as much as we are. And that was part of my game plan when I did it. Now, do I make any cut of that absolutely no way right i don't make anything off of what she sold i right. don't make anything off of that day yeah i look at rebecca as she's a young professional that's doing some fantastic stuff i want to support that and if i can give her a platform to elevate her slightly i want to do that there and yeah. a lot of that is that rising tide aspect it's a rising tide there's a number of young business owners in plattsburgh who are taking the leap and taking a chance on themselves it's awesome to see every time you see it, love it. you're Absolutely you love it. respect and to Rebecca, who has been, you know, she's been doing the um, farmer's market, which has been right out mm -hmm. this way. Yep. I think she could teach a class in this is how you start a small business and market yourself, in a, you know, in the community and really leverage your opportunities and help and partner with other companies, too. I mean, uh, but that's you know, that's part of uh, what's, you know, what's going on here right now. There's a really good. You know, when you see people taking the chance like that, it's a sign that they believe in this place. It, absolutely. And yeah. for her to spend that money and that time and energy to put it in, in place, it's like yeah. she's taking that stake and putting it in the ground, saying yep. North Country's where I want to be. And like we talk about like uh, young professionals, like opening businesses and doing stuff. It's like it's so cool when you take that back. Like one, I love the entrepreneurial spirit. I love that. Like that's I, I've had it. Gotta I was, love it. Come on. I've had that since I was. Yeah. Even when I was going to college, like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I still had that spirit in me. Like I, I mean, I was selling lemonade as a kid. I, fun fact, I was selling fossils that I pulled out of the lake on the side of the road. Never sold now any. Now that's a hustle. But I was hustling to yeah. sell these fossils <laughs> of old snails in the lake to people because I thought they were cool. I'm like, that's, other people that's think awesome. these are cool. I don't know. Screw the lemonade, man. That was through the process. <laughs> Didn't sell one, but pull these, these things. are appreciating I value. I remember pulling these out of the lake, and they were big. They were like big tablets, oh, nice. like massive rocks yeah. with these fossils, and I put them on the side. And I remember a couple people stopped and like, hey, what are you selling? I'm like, I'm selling these cool fossils. And yeah. they're like, oh, well, cool. those are really nice. Good luck. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm good, but thank you. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And I look at Rebecca. Side note, everybody. I've been trying to get Rebecca on the podcast. Oh. And... If you know Rebecca and you see Rebecca, please tell Rebecca that you want to hear her on the podcast because she would crush it because she's has not given <laughs> and I always tell her, I'm like, I'm not gonna keep asking you. Like if you have an yeah. open invite to come on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I want to get her on because I'd love to pick her brain. But if you see Rebecca, don't say I, I plug this. Maybe she, I don't think she listens to these, but just tell her, <laughs> Hey Rebecca, we think you'd be have you ever yeah. heard of the Gail and Trombley show? We think you'd be awesome to be Oh on. yeah. Just out just, just out of the blue, it. completely disconnected. Like, hey, Rebecca, this is like cool. Do you know do you know the Gail and Trombley show? Like oh, I would man. love to hear your story on uh, that podcast. He should invite you on. Has he ever invited you? <laughs> I mean, he like asked he you. Should, he should invite you on sometime. And be like and she'd be like, <laughs> Yeah, he actually has been like, Oh my god, you'd be amazing to have on. But so, she's great. So, so please support her if you can. Galen, I've got to put you on the hot seat for a second. Okay. This is this is pro actually you probably have a canned answer for this because you've probably been getting asked it a lot. Um, Lauren and I, I use Head and Shoulders. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> and True it, story, actually, been using it in high school. I love is it. Looking great. I love um, the smell of it. It's amazing. <laughs> True story. Perfectly quaffed today. Um, but no, uh, 
Lauren and I are getting married next year. We're putting off our home buying efforts until next year. We're hoping that by next year, things in the market will have at least changed a little bit. Is this a good time to buy a home? Because everything I'm reading is saying, this is a tough question. Lauren and I are thinking about, we have to buy a home soon. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be renting very much longer. But it's tough up here. I don't know that there's a lot of openings. I don't know. Talk to me, Galen. Okay. So, so yes. So the answer to the short answer to you is: It a good time to buy the home? Yes. Now, okay. I'm going to preface this because everybody's going to be like, "Well, that's a typical real estate." Because I'm not saying anything it, that someone be, else isn't already no. like, thinking. Like someone you know? be like, "Oh, you're just trying to get a sale." Yeah. No, listen. I've talked more people yeah. out of buying or selling homes than you probably I would care to even imagine in my life because my my and i'll get to your question my thought on business is you have to look out for the client and that does not mean short-term gain that means lifetime gain if you were like yo galen i want to buy that house i'm like okay why yeah you give me kind of your background okay my thought on that is maybe that's not the best investment because of x y or z and now i'm not going to say not to do it but i'm giving yeah. my opinion and you're paying me for my advice true now I am never going to tell someone not to buy a home if they really, if they're like, yeah, I'm buying. I don't care what you say. Okay. Then I'll help you how to do it. Cause I know yeah. how to do it, but there, and this could be like, Hey, I want to buy this house. So I'm like, okay, how long are you going to plan on living in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years. We're going to turn around. And buy, okay. Let's not do that. Let's buy <laughs> this home. Yeah. 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 And then knowing that, okay, you might have to live down a little bit for, and I say down, but yeah. maybe not as nice, but it's a better financial gain. So then we can go from step one, instead of buying a step two home, you're a trusted let's buy advisor. step one to get yeah. to step three or four home. If you buy a step two home, you're going to move into step two home. You're going to move yeah. into step two home. So I'm saying, or level two, whatever. So my, my, the way I look at real estate is I look at, if I'm dealing with a client, I would want someone to shoot me straight the way I can shoot. Like if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer the question as if I'm asking the question back to myself. Mm-hmm. How would I want to receive? I want the straight answer. I want the truth. I don't want like, hey, I'm trying to make a quick sale. This is why I hate car salespeople because most car salespeople are like, oh, I got better. Yeah, we can sale, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can't yeah. do car. I literally could not do yeah, car Yeah, sales. yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, but. Well, one's depreciating I, in value. One should be appreciating. Correct. So, and that's yeah. part of what my, yeah. my, my pitch is going to be. So my thing is right now, if you are looking to buy a home, it is a good time to buy a home. There's two factors that I value or I, I believe are important when it comes to buying a home. Interest rates are low. Now, I don't want to inflate the idea of interest rates or the end all be all. They're not. They're not the most important thing. But it is a perk as a buyer to have relatively low interest rates. I think the average interest rate over the last 30 years is like 6 to 8% somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. People are getting loans right now in, you know, in the threes. And you're talking historical average over 30 years is 6 to 8. And yeah. you are half of that. It's a great time to buy. Yeah. Like back in the early 80, late 80s, early 90s, ask your parents what they bought homes for. <laughs> it was in the double digit for interest rate. Yeah, it was, yeah, in, yeah, it was yeah. sickening. So that's what it is now. Now, the big factor that I always tell or have been telling people for the last couple of years and and the thing was this like what we call like a seller's market right now. Yeah. A seller's market is when the inventory favors a seller, mm-hmm. meaning supply and demand favors the seller. That was so, going to be my next question. Supply, to you. So yeah. a seller's market means that there's not a lot of homes for sale. Now, and it's kind of like, remember economics back in the day, you take a business course and you're like, wait, what's the cause and effect and ratios on it? That goes up, this goes down. Yeah. I don't understand why. I just got to remember it goes up, it goes down. Yeah. So real estate, if there's not a lot of homes for sale and there's a lot of buyers, what happens? Homes sell quicker. 
because the, the demand, a lot of buyers is high, supply, not a lot of sellers is low. Mm-hmm. Homes sell quicker. What also happens is the price starts to rise up because people now, mm-hmm. because they're like, listen, I don't have a lot of homes to buy, therefore I'm gonna pay you a premium to buy your home because I cannot find any other option. Right. That then drives the sale price up. We've been seeing this for three to four years. Now, it is only, and if anybody does not believe me, go back, all the way back in my YouTube, three, four years ago, yeah. when I was adamantly saying, we're going into a seller's market. And I kept saying, we're gonna go into a, yeah. a severe seller's market. This is well before anybody was like, we're in the seller's market. The reason yeah. being is you could see the trends. I started in 2000, uh, January of 2011, so this is my 11th year. It was a buyer's market. This was fresh off the recession, probably yeah. three, four years later. Oh, there were short sales, foreclosures. Yeah. No buyers that could buy or get loans. Like, can I get rent to own? Yeah. All the time. That was back then. Now go to na- to this time frame. Very rarely is someone saying, hey, can I buy a rent to own? No, because there's eight people that are 9, 10, 11, 13 people that can buy this home with financing and about a quarter of them buy cash. So you're out of luck, kid, yeah. or whoever that is. Yeah. So to go back to your question, interest rates are low. Number two is because the supply and demand factor is low, and I do not see this going any other direction for a few too many years, hmm. is... If you buy right now, if we take like a scale, and I you can't, you're seeing this. Colin's yeah. gonna appreciate this. If we're on a scale that's going like this, yeah, and it's going up. Here's folks. 2011, <laughs> and it's doing this thing, but it's not the 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 valleys like the peaks and valleys. Think of a stock market like little grid line line. Yeah, graph. yeah, yeah. As the values go up, they there's a little hit here and there. I'll be honest, real estate for the most part has been almost like a linear straight line over the last 10 years. Yeah, and what we're finding is that. Because of the supply and demand, what what causes people to buy and sell homes? Supply and demand and any crazy thing that the government might do to regulate um, interest rates or regulate pricing of certain things. So take this – and again, I'm using very layman's terms to kind of you – know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please lower do it for down. My, for my well, sake. I mean, but like lower it down a bit so I'm not yeah. like in the weeds and your eyes are glazing over. But if you start low and the values go high, what happens is you are probably buying it here. Yeah, like you almost halfway, like now, less than halfway even up. And I don't know what yeah. that peak would be, but I realistically, if you had to tell me when do I think this market's going to turn, I'm thinking five to seven years at best. Yeah. And I could be totally wrong on that. But not a short time. It's not a short time. Yeah. Because you got to think too, it took us a while to get to this level. All of a sudden, we don't, tomorrow it's not going to dip yeah. down. We're not in a big market. We're not in a Las Vegas. We're not in a Florida where yeah. 07 crippled people. We're not. We had a, we had definitely had a valley, but it was a very mo- or a yeah, moderate yeah peak and valley yeah so if you buy a home now you are buying it on the upswing but you are still going to get the appreciation now is it as good as if you bought in 2014 15 and 16 absolutely no way i'm not gonna yeah. lie to you and say it's better. we're not going back there next year yeah i'm not like okay point. i got a friend right now bought a house um 2016 i think for like 115,000. yeah okay i was comping out his property today and I'm looking at 180 to 215. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's obviously a range. I got to like break that down a little bit more. But he's going from like 115, almost $100,000 more. Yeah. Say 80, conservatively, $80,000 more in four to five years as a return in the North Country, which is crazy. And because he bought low. Now, if he was to sell five years from now, I really think I'm going to be looking at that house and saying 250. So if you buy a home today mm-hmm. at 200, 
Could I stay in five years? Eh, you're probably in the 250 to 270 range. Yeah. I don't think that's out of the possibility. Well, so here's what would be my company question is that I think people are discovering this region. I think people realize, bingo, wow, this place is beautiful. I want to have property up there. We, I mean, I, before I just came here tonight, I was, I was seeing a video about someone talking about Airbnb and short-term rentals and how that's affecting things up here. People doing second home, third home rentals. I mean, I do think it's, it's very competitive up here. Galen, I've seen some of the listings that you've posted over the last, you know, year or two, some awesome homes that are coming on the market. Seriously, like that are pending now. That I, yeah, and I'm you know forwarding them over to my fiance, saying we should look at this, um, and she's like, not yet, we're not ready. And I'm like, okay, um, she's a she's the boss. I think when it comes to that happy kind work, of happy life, you're good. Yep. So um, yeah, I think you know the the big thing is is I'm I'm looking at this as we're going to be buying in the next you know few years, and um, but it's a tough thing because I think. The housing shortage is brought on by, a, it's a few factors. It's the fact that people are staying here or people are moving in that want to stay here. I think Airbnb gets sometimes more of a bad rap, but I do think that, that short-term rentals is part of it, you know, houses being used for that. But there's just not a lot of freeing up. In some ways, that's good. It means that people are established here and aren't leaving, hypothetically. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess it's just more of, you know, we'll, we'll slot in wherever, whenever we're ready to make that decision, we'll figure out what we're going to figure out in that time. Um, but it is, I mean, it has to be super competitive for you right now because there isn't a ton, a ton of listings. There's not endless listings mm-hmm. that you can, that you have. So no, you're right. So, okay. So, so in, in the listing department, I I don't I think I came in at a really good time in yeah. real estate and and by saying that I came in a really bad time in real estate but I'm saying in my longevity <laughs> of my age like so what happened is 2011 I got into real estate I was I was finishing up call I was in college for another year or so um so I got it when I was in college and the buyers market you could work with every buyer in the world it was fine because there was a thousand homes out there for sale and nobody was buying them because they were overpriced because the housing because basically without getting the weeds a lot of homes not many buyers yeah and the buyers that were um wanting to buy not always were able to buy yeah like the lending they had to really crack down the lending and uh, people really weren't less confidence in the banks Exactly, and yep. people weren't really in a position where, like, hey, the new I can really meet the new regulations because I was kind of always under the assumption we could do it this way. Now they're, they're getting more tight. Now people are used to that way. Now it's like we've never known anything different. Like, right. You know what I mean? It's been yeah. it, at this point, it's been about thirteen years. So when, so that's number one. So I came in, cut my teeth, did the whole thing, didn't put a lot of effort into it. Super part time, sold three homes my first year. Okay, like yeah. you're not gonna make a living off of selling three homes. So, <laughs> um, three homes my first year. The funny thing was, I think I made the same amount as I did the year prior when I was selling ice cream, and I worked probably one hundredth of an hour of the hours. Yeah, like I was working forty hours a week. I probably worked forty hours for the year. Like I mean, I wasn't like yeah. super into it. And so, fast forward eleven years, kind of go back to like, social media and branding and getting your name out there and meeting people and all this stuff. Like. I remember thinking my first year real estate 
real estate's weird. There's like a leaderboard. Like we can print off like the production levels. Yeah. So I can see everybody. I know what everybody's doing. So yeah. if you have a like, I don't blast it out on like personally, but like people that think I've always had. Oh, I thought that person that person does a lot of business. I'm like, well, they did like twelve last year. Yeah. And like the thing is, like you can't hide. I can see your production. So I remember looking at it, and I was like, I want to be number one. And at yeah. the time, there was like someone that sold like fifty something homes. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna be number one. This is myself. This is my self belief as a 21 year old. I'm gonna be number one. And I look at that. I'm like, I have no freaking clue. I got a mountain to climb. Yeah. I remember looking at. It, I'm like, I'm gonna be number one. And I'm sitting. There, I'm like, and this is what I did. I said, I want to be number one in 10 years when I turn 30. Yeah. My my I'm only turning 30. My 10th year, which was my 30th, my 30 years old, was my 10th year. Like, I want to be the number one agent on our board by that time and no reason except i could see a leaderboard i'm like i played sports i'm like i want to be number one why not i played soccer we won some state championships like you never wanted to be second like we want to be one and uh so it's like that's a good point you got the winner's mentality yeah have that experience i'm i'm yeah i'm a win i like to win i'm competitive but i'm competitive with myself meaning This is really weird too. When I used to play soccer back in the day, we were a very competitive soccer team. Like we played a lot. And I mean, anyone uh, who knows the history knows. Oh, from yeah, Shazy. I I mean, I played many. I played a handful of years there. I coached for eight years there. Yeah. Like I'm, we're in the Saranac district. I really think if my kids ever play Shazy in the future, I'll probably root against my kids. But it's, it's all right. It's okay. I'll still love them. I'll still give them dinner at the end. But I just yeah, hope they lose. Big deal. I hope my kids scores. We hope they lose. I mean, it's one of those deals. So, um, and I'm I'm okay with saying that. And I'll probably yeah, say it yeah, to their yeah. face when they're older. But yeah. the uh, so like I can see a leaderboard with real estate. Like yeah. I can see I can see who's in first. I can see who's in 150th. And there's a, say there's 150 agents, which is about right. I was probably like 148. Like, I was low. I was, like, starting out. I had no connections. I was Joey's son. My dad, I was Joey's son. I was this 21-year-old kid that had no facial hair that looked like he was 15. Like, who was going to buy a home for me? Nobody knew me besides friends. My first sale I ever had my first year was a girl with a high school with about a plot of land that was about an acre. That was it. That was literally my first sale. And I remember thinking, I'm going to be the number one agent one day. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool, kid. What's your game plan? What's your business plan to get there? I'm like, I have no clue. And it took me a while, and each year I got a little better. And it probably wasn't until 2014. Yeah, I'd say 2014, where I was like, okay, I'm going to start like branching out the social media. I started following that. I'm like, you know what? People, I know I need to meet more people. I know I need to get myself out there. It's uncomfortable, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like throw my hat in the ring and see if I can do it. And uh, so, flash forward, end of my. 10th year, this is my 11th, so end of my 10th year, I ended up getting number one. I was the number one person. And what happened was, when you talk about listings, it was funny, when I was that, I was also number one, number one agent for listings that I've ever, I've never had that. I feel like it wasn't even on my radar, because I'm usually like, okay, the people that are- I mean, you're tooting your own horn, but these are just the facts, right? These are facts, I can prove yeah. them. But, but, but it's, <laughs> and it's not the brag, but I'm saying like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, you you start off with a goal, you bust your ass to hit that goal, and I've right. worked so many hours in time. That people, just, it didn't like, just happen. Yeah, people yeah. do not see the amount of hours that I put in mm. that aren't on the podcast, aren't on the videos, aren't on. Like, there's so much time that, oh god, if I really had to go back and like I yeah. cringe at sometimes, I'm like God. But I put a lot of time in. I, I really like really and, did it, and and time building connections that wasn't necessarily well. Like that buying was, that was big time. for me. Yeah. It was like okay. 
I like meeting people. I'm good at meeting. And you guys say good at meeting people. I'm I like, I, I enjoy people. I, I'm just, I'm good at, or yeah. I like doing that. And yeah. Um, part of it was I knew real estate was the no like trust factor. You have to know them, you have to like them, and then you have to trust them to do business. So I was like, okay, well, one, I'm going to put myself out there so people know me because they don't know me. I'm in a bubble. I want people to know me. Yeah. Okay. Then I was like, okay, that's number one. So I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the marketing and this, this, and again, I'm doing like a very linear, like yeah. overhead view. High overview. Yeah. yeah. Very, very big bullet points. Okay. I need to get myself out there so people know me. Okay. That was social media. Okay. Now I have to get to the next level. People have to like me. Okay. People will not like you by social media. They'll that's, know you. That, they won't like that you. That is true. <laughs> They'll know you. They won't like you. And not that yeah. they won't hate you. No. They just don't have any uh, depend, connection to you. Depends on what you're posting. But. Exactly. Yeah. There's, exactly. They're not gonna, but they're, they're not going like to be like, oh my God, yeah. he posted a great post. Therefore, I'm going to use him. Now, I had some of that. Yeah. But it wasn't like my bread and butter. That's a piece of the pie. Exactly. So yeah. what I had to do was <laughs> then I had to go out, get involved with the chamber, get involved with 80KYP, get involved with anything I could. you got to get out in front of where people. Where I could meet people. Yeah. Super uncomfortable. And when I talk about <laughs> an extroverted introvert, I had to I had to force myself to do that. That was not like easy. That was like that's a little surprising, but I I it I, was yeah, not easy. I believe I, you. Yeah. I had anxiety. I would there's a couple times I drove I drove to after hours, parked my car, <laughs> didn't go in, thought about it. Put my car in drive and drove away. I've thought about doing that multiple times. I've yet to do and it. True story. I've literally driven I, two after hours, oh parked, man. and because of anxiety, drove that away. That is such a relatable moment. I have done the five minute. Am I really going in there right now? I did one. I've done that. This was, I remember this a few, uh, yeah. and, okay. And now to preface this little aside here, this happened, God, this might've been 2019, two years ago. I drove to a, after hours at, I think it was the new implant dental. Yeah. Behind Hannaford's, like back in that area. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember driving and it was late and I had been up all day and I had been working probably since seven or eight. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go to after hours. I'm like, yeah. I know, I shouldn't say that. I want to go. I know it's beneficial. I, but I'm like, I'm so mentally fried. And then I'm like, what if I don't know anybody, which is stupid to say. Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, this is my this is my thought. I'm like, what if I don't know anybody, and and I remember sitting in my car, and I'm like, just go home. I remember just like go home, and then I was like, you know what? Just don't go home. Literally, I got like go it's like the devil and the angel on your shoulders, just, just like barking at in. you. Yeah, and it, like the angel's like, no. Every time you go in, you meet someone, and it's it's worth yeah. it. You know, it's never not worth it to go in. And then the devil's like, just go home, go home. You're so tired, finally, yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna go. I yeah. shut the car off and I walked in. My anxiety levels through the roof. Yeah. I don't know why. Walked in. I was one of the last five people to leave that place. Yep. I basically shut it down. <laughs> and I was like, why yep. do I do this to myself every single time? After hours are tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I'm probably going to text a couple people like, yo, when are you going? Because like, I know it yeah. sounds crazy, but I get this like anxiety of going and meeting people. Because I'm like anybody else. If I know, if I see you, I know people. I'm yeah. like, dude, Colin, what's up, man? Yeah, but if easy. I, but if I go yeah. and I like see your grandfather who I don't know and I'm like, <sighs> What do I see? This guy's going to think I'm like a nobody and I can't talk to him. And it's not the case. Those people are more inviting than anybody else because they want to meet people. That's true. Yeah. It's such a social cauldron. But in my head, I'm like, I don't belong. I don't belong. I don't belong. And I literally do this self-talk every time. I'm like, no, no, you belong. You're good. You can go. And and I swear to God, like this is stuff that still bothers me. And, And 
because that's like the introvert of me just saying like, go home, go relax. Don't talk to anybody. Just like put the blinds up and just chill. Yeah. Um, but back to your initial thing, that 10 year window, there was a lot of stuff that kind of came oh, to sheesh. a head. I had something I wanted to say about that. I wanted to give you some kudos because I have seen you Galen. I think I've seen you after you've given yourself that talk where it's very clear that you probably have been grinding and could benefit from a nap, but you still show up and you still light the room up. And you you know what, credit where credit's due, because even if you're like at North Country Connection, you haven't had your cup of coffee yet. For the third time. And you're in like a gray sweatshirt and looks like the kids kept you up. You're like, I am here. I did make it. the day we walked in and you and I had beers while we were doing a thing and nobody else... (laughs) I like walked in. Chrissy's like, you can drink a beer. Like everybody was sitting down. It was late. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, hey guys, what's up? And she's like, you gonna you gonna have beer? Nobody's got a beer. I'm like, oh, a well, beer. she's calling. You want a beer? A, she's a pusher a little bit. She was like counting on us. So well, they like, bought, they bought this. And she's like, Galen's an easy target. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yo, let Galen, you want a beer? I'm like, I'm not gonna let you. I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's five thirty. And I'm like, yeah. absolutely, I want a beer. <laughs> and then I turn around. You were right behind me. Yeah. Like, here, calm. What do you want? <laughs> Yeah, and then I think you did it to me, and I was like, okay, I'm We're not, not going to say And no. then I got to the point where I had a couple like IPAs during it, and yeah. I remember looking at you, and we both said the same thing. Thank God I didn't have my third, because I would have got, I would have gotten, I would literally would have gotten drunk at a chamber North Country Connection. Yeah, we're, we weren't trying to do that, but we were, I mean, it was good, that was a great program. Anyone the people there who, are fantastic. Anyone who was once thinking about doing that or on the fence, you should absolutely do it. Um, but yeah, I think for me with uh, business after hours, my big thing too coming out of COVID was... I hadn't dressed professionally in a long time. So I was like, we were doing casual dress in the office. We weren't having clients in. Mm-hmm. We're doing business casual. And so I think I showed up to one in like um, sneakers and, uh, and jeans. And I'm walking in there seeing people in their suits walk in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so even what, during this. Like, what's your normal dress, like dress code? At or, the office? Yeah. Well, we, we just recently changed it, actually. So during COVID, it was like business casual. Because you just, if you're not having clients in, it doesn't mm-hmm. really make much sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess like person. if you were in a serious Zoom call, you know, make sure you button it up. If you throw a tie, you have to throw a tie. But now that we're having the public back in, you know, it's back to uh, dress pants and a uh, nice pair of shoes and, you know, a collared shirt and I mean, it just more or less, like we want to look sharp because we don't know who's coming in the office. And mm-hmm. we, I think there was, a, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you all, but uh, I guess it's also a big point of like, what's your day looking like too? Because if you're meeting with some big client or prospect, you know, and, and they're like, you know, from an older generation, throw a tie on, throw a blazer on, you know, if you're, if you're going out to the farm, like don't bring your dress shoes, you know, kind of yeah. <laughs> make sure you bring some muck boots. So you, you gotta, you gotta know what, your day is doing but i think we as an office said okay we need to up our game now that uh now that the world is opening a bit more um (laughs) and uh you know i mean for me i'm like uh, you know i like i like casual dress but i also like to you know wake up in the morning and put on some clothes and also you know look sharp too so it kind of it it can go both ways (laughs) it can definitely go both ways i just think it's funny that you had to give yourself a pep talk about uh, going into business after hours, and I've had that same experience, and I wonder how many other people have had that same experience. Almost every time I go in, yeah. Even to this day, where I yeah. know I'm going to know fifty percent of the people, yeah. It, it's I don't know. Well, it yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, and, and and go back to the conversation about real estate. I just think it's it's a it's an it's a really interesting time to be in the industry, but it's tough. 
and you have you've hustled and i mean you have the you can you have the you know results so to show for it i i like the thing with real estate if you if you are established yeah if you are established and a grinder because there's people that are established it just like coasts and it's like yeah yeah you, you might fall off quickly you're yeah. you're like one of the vulnerable ones but yeah if you if you're established yeah. and you are a hustler and there's a handful of agents that are out there and you see them constantly like if you look there's 150 agents in clinton county yeah that have a license you consistently see over and over again 30 and it's it, Got it. it's the idea yeah. that if you drive down the road and you're going to see a couple, you'd be like, "Who's that? I don't know that yeah. person." They're probably in that next wave of twenty. Yeah. But your top thirty agents are the ones that are going to probably do somewhere around twenty deals, fifteen to twenty deals a year. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you know, you they might be hovering around one and a half to two deals a month, and they're, you know, they're they have a decent reputation or a decent following and they're a good agent you know there's nothing wrong with them and then you have your high producing agents that i would deem are probably in your four million or over sales volume mm -hmm. for the area which for our area that's a that's lot. good you like, go yeah, to like yeah yeah like placid it's be much more oh, yeah, certain yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. but good point. if you look at clinton county those people are probably doing somewhere between 25 and 30 deals or more and those are yeah. like your more produce productive agents then you get like your ultra productive agents that are like the forties and fifties and, and maybe in the sixties. Like that's where you're like, yeah. okay, they've separated themselves. Those are the ones doing seven, eight, nine, $10 million in real estate. Yeah. And you see those over and over again and you, yeah. you don't, but you see certain people like, like last year, I worked my ass off to get to that level. That yeah. was the goal. Like I didn't want to be the agent doing two deals a year and being like, ah, I did 4 million this year. And like, oh, that's good. But like, I'm like, dude, why can't I, if they can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah. Good point. Like what? Like not to put yeah. them down, but I'm like, they're not any better than you gotta I You got to believe it. You got to yeah. believe that you oh, can dude, do it. I have it. such a self-belief. And like, yeah. And I really think if you were to ask me who's the best agent, I'd be with myself yeah. without, with no. And is that cocky? Or if you don't say that, I, then what you mean? You have to believe I, it. Well, I mean, I, I never posted once. I post a lot on social media. I never posted once. I was number one agent last year. It feels weird. I don't. Is it good for business if I said that? Absolutely. Have people told me right. to do it? Absolutely. Does that lead to more business? I'm not sure it does. Maybe or maybe not. But for yeah. me, it was like I don't want to brag about it because I just. But I, for me, it's like I just every day try to get better. Yeah. Now. So like, if I look at like those top echelon of agents, like yeah. last year, I did very well. Like myself, I. Put a lot of time in. Amy Provost, local agent, stud, absolutely great. Yeah, was right there. And I mean, we kind of joked. I texted her at the end of the year, and I said, like, <laughs> "You had an absolutely incredible year." And she yeah. was trying to catch you. I'm like, "I was trying to beat you." Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good, and and it brings out that competitive fire. And yeah. and Amy's a fantastic person, you know. And anybody that uses Amy, like you have a really good agent. And yeah, yeah. But you get these people that have been doing it um, and just grinding and putting yeah. in the work. And like I see the production she does, I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I really don't because I think she's a one man people, people one trust her show, but she's good. I mean, yeah. she and she works hard. She's a hustler, and yeah. I I have all the respect in the world for the people that work really hard, 
Um, and I give, those are the people when I do deals with are usually the easiest ones to do deals with because they're like me. They're like, let's get to the point. Yeah. I want to get to the closing table. We're both looking out for our clients, but at the end of the day, we know we're working as one to make this deal happen. Yeah, yeah. The hardest agents to work with are the ones that do 12 deals a year, 15 deals a year, and they complain about everything and they try because yeah. they have a deal. And it's one of like three deals they have in the pipeline. Galen grape session. It's happening, but it's, it's, but, it's, but it's like the ones that I'm like, listen, yeah. dude, like, I'm not getting in competition here about who's better or whatever, but I'm like, I have way too much stuff to do today. Yeah. This, I don't want to make, we're not going to make a, you're creating what, a, a hurdles mountain, a mountain out of an, a mountain yeah. out of an anthill. Like, let's just, this yeah. is a very simple decision. Let's make it. Yeah. Cause I got to move on. Yeah. And the, the quick agent, yep. the agents that do a lot of business, same way. Boom, 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 boom. Let's get to the next yeah. thing. Cause yeah, yeah, I, I like, it's great. I respect you, but listen, we can yep. get this done in about three minutes. Let's do it. And let's not drag it out for a half hour and, or turn this into a bigger issue. Um, but it takes time. And, and when you talk about listings, like, no, I didn't list my first property until my third year. Yeah. And I only list property a lot now is because I know people and they trust me and have a track record. I don't, mm. um, I think I'm really good at listings. I really do. I think I, I approach listings in a very strategical, um, look really looking out for the client mm-hmm. and really, really, really doing all the homework. Cause people talk about like, Good point. Like, I love marketing. You're putting your name on it. A hundred percent. And yeah. the thing is, I love marketing. I love marketing more than probably, I mean, I just love the idea yeah. of marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's apparent. I also, though, know in real estate, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. So this is, I know that and this, uh, is, this is like, this is, you may not think I'd be the one to say this, but your, your best marketing strategy ever in any market yeah. is take the time to make sure your house is presented in the best light possible yep. and then do your homework on where you know the price is going to be and strategically place your house in a price point that is strategic. Not, hey, I just want to take cool f- pictures and video <laughs> and do all this fancy stuff, but you don't understand where the market is. You don't understand how to prep the house for sale. You don't yeah. understand where you're actually going to get offers. Okay. Well, you basically went from, it's like building a house on a very wobbly foundation. I take the time to, you know, spec out the grounds. I, I do all the research. Yeah. I lay the foundation. I build everything. Then I do all the fun, like fancy, sexy stuff. I, again, love marketing. At the end of the day, you have to educate your seller and you have to do the prep work and you have to sit there and go through and really like do the boring. Nobody sees me do this sitting in my office, checking the boxes and like looking at homes looking at homes I've been in, knowing the neighborhoods, knowing the trends, knowing the history yeah. and coming up with, I'm telling you right now, list at this price point. Yeah. Obviously the seller's got to agree with me, but I'm like, well, listen, yeah, yeah. this is my expert opinion on yeah, where yeah, we should yeah. be. And I'm telling you all the stuff we can do to prep your home. Let's make sure we do that. That is your best marketing strategy. Yeah. 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 It, and the smoke and mirrors is the, the cool, sexy flyover video with a drone. I can, if you want me to do that, I can do it. I got a the drone. drone can, is a, that's a cheap, dude. I can fly the trick. drone over and make your house look mint. We can have everybody yeah. like buzzing on social, yeah. but I always look at it too. It's like, do I want to use someone's house to make it really cool on social media? If I don't think it's the best way to sell their home. And this is where I think the Irish guilt comes in is I can, <laughs> I can make your house look dope. Yeah, I can yeah. make these really cool videos. I can leverage the shit out of it on social media to the point where I'm like, it's more of a me. Hmm. It's more of me doing it for me than me doing it for you. And yeah. I really struggle with this. So my thing is, yeah, yeah. I'm going to skip the fancy stuff because I'm trying to sell your home for the best possible. Yeah. I'm going to put my needs aside, focus on you. And I think I've gotten a lot of people that have that have taken to that and said, you know what? 
We sold in a couple days at the price, multiple offers over the price, whatever it might be in the market. Now the market was different 10 years ago. So like yeah. it had always adjusts, but right now I have a strategy right now that really works. And it's like, let's keep hammering that out. And knowing that I'm going to maybe shelf the, the cool videos and maybe shelf the cool like walkthroughs and all that stuff because I'm like, yeah. well, it's neat. Do I think it's as important as, as the consultation ahead of time in the real hmm. research? It's not I'm like, yeah. I, but it doesn't look as cool on social media or it doesn't look as cool out in the public. I have a question for you, Galen, and um, I'll be curious to know what your answer is. I think about it a lot. This is a little, it's, it's related, but it's a little different, uh, different direction. So, you must deal with some people who are elderly. Maybe they're thinking about moving to Florida or they're retiring to somewhere else. Or, you know, maybe there's a death. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly what you've run into. But there's a house that's been loved and lived in for a long time. And you know that that house has almost been a part of that person's family. But it's time for it to be sold, you know, for whatever circumstance. That, it, that's got to be very personal, right? For you to be involved with that. Because oh yeah yeah because the the person who's selling it, they obviously want it to be taken care of. They want it in the right hands. I mean, mm-hmm. th- houses are so personal. I think about whenever my parents' house will go up for sale, and the you know that's going to be a very uh, you know is it the house you grew up in. Yeah, yeah. So, my parents same way, siblings same yeah, house. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. You know that you have a place that has those memories. But then it's t- it's time for it to change hands for whatever reason. You're you're part of that process. I mean, that's got to, is it, is it, is it awesome? Is it tough? Is it both? You know, what is um, that like? It's always awesome. Um, yeah. Because you got to think about it. Some of these people have lived in the home longer than I've been alive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. actually like, um, so the thing, the thing with real estate is real estate, you don't need a college degree for, you can take a course. I mean, yeah. it's easy to get into. It's very hard to stay in because you got to like grind and make a living, but like to get in, it's easy. Uh, the stay in's hard, but the idea that, I mean, the, the idea that you can really make a difference in a lot of these people because, and I, and I take that as a very, um, I like to have fun. I like to be lighthearted when it really comes down to it. If I'm selling someone's home and it was kind of sort of the same before is I might have like, I might not have a degree, but I feel like I have a PhD in, in psychology. Cause I deal with so I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I say it all the time, I lots do, I of do, personalities. I deal with so many people. Yeah. I mean, I've had, the thing is you think about real estate and like, okay, you just own the house. Okay, great. I've had multiple people literally break down in tears. Yeah. At a, and, and, I would and think for different, different reasons. I've had people break down in tears because they're selling their home and they've lived there for 40 years yeah. and little Johnny used to go down oh. the stairs and I get totally. it. Dude. I got kids. Like totally. I'm a mess selling my house. Yeah. I get those. I get people that are selling because of health issues. Like, yeah. we have no money. We have to sell. Like, has we to be literally have medical bills. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> want to sell. Yeah. Okay. And, and this is not stuff I like publicize. It's like stuff you have to internalize. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, this yep. sucks. And you got to talk them through it. I've had, I've had situations where people have literally told me, I'm like, why are you selling? I'm getting a divorce. I'm like, okay. And like, by the way, my spouse doesn't know yet. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that'll be between you and I. Yeah, and we then, are not talking about that. Sheesh. They're yeah. not. They don't even know I'm meeting. With, I don't. They don't even yeah. know I'm meeting with that person. I'm like, oh, okay. 
Um, so I'm like, oh, right. so I know they're actually asking for a divorce prior to even oh, mentioning to their spouse. Man, so like, yeah, I've seen all this stuff and it, it's like, you look at it. So it, personal. It, Such and, and those are like the ones where you're like, yeah. those are not the reason I want you to sell death in the family, right. something like that. I'm like, okay, didn't right. want that to happen. Lost a job, got to move. Like not good. Right. What I like doing is like, Hey, we're, we're moving up cause we had a kid or we're getting married. You want to buy a house. Those yeah. are fun. Um, and it's not to say that the other ones aren't, I don't want to say they're fun. They're rewarding in their own right. But you're think, helping them. Yeah. And, they and the need way your I look help. at real estate is I'm yeah. not a salesperson. I hate sales. I'm the worst sales. If you ask me to go raise money or something, I'm terrible. Don't ask me to do it. I'm really bad. <laughs> they ask me to do stuff. And you probably get asked to do that all the time. Yeah. I if you're know. like, hey, man, yeah. can you sell $500 with the tickets? I'm like, here's 500 bucks. I'm just yeah. going to pay you because I don't want to <laughs> yeah. ask people for money. Yeah. But so I, that aspect is one. But two, it's like if I, it, I look at real estate as. I am really good at really a couple things. Helping you buy a home or helping you sell a home is on that list. Yeah. And if I, if you need to do it, I don't trust anybody else to do it but myself because I'm the best. And again, am I? I don't know. I think that. I truly believe that. And I go in with the, uh, what's the word? I go in with the expectation or I go within that, like, uh, uh, that self belief. I'm like, yeah, you call that person. Not that they're bad. But I I'm got like, this. I'm, I, yeah. me, I'm the better option. And but I, I truly believe this in my head, whether yeah. that's warped or not. It's just that self confidence. And I, but I go into those meetings as if I sit down with somebody, nobody sells their property because they woke up that morning. Like, yeah, I just want to sell my property. Yeah, I doubt that happens. Typically, it's a life event. You're selling because you had a kid and you want to move up. You're selling because you had death in the family. You're selling because you lost a job. You're selling because you're getting yeah. a divorce. You're selling because mm-hmm. you got married. You're selling because you're too old and can't maintain the home anymore. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a life event that causes you to buy and sell a property, especially if it's your primary. I mean, if you're yeah, investing, yeah, yeah, that's different, yeah, yeah, but your primary yeah, yeah. residence. So my initial thought is, my, my think, first thing is I go in, okay, why are you selling? Yeah. Why, why are we here? Why tell did you call a, me to do a story? It? Cause yeah. I got, I got to know the, the end goal here. Why are you selling? Yeah. What's your goal? Yeah. And, and this has nothing to do with real estate, nothing to do with marketing, nothing to do with dollars and cents. Just like, what's the main reason we're here? Yeah. 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 From there, I've had many years of being able to dissect that and kind of almost like funnel it into like, I know where this is going. I know the pathway. I know where roughly this whole thing is going to get to. So I get that. Why are you selling? Great. What's your goal? Great. Got those. Okay. Yeah. Now, what's your financing? Okay. Right. How much money do you owe? Okay. Do you have to buy another home? Do you have to, like, do you have any other outstanding right. liens or debts on the, the property? All of this is going to help you build a strategy about how you're going to sell exactly. this home. So I'm getting all yeah. the background information on this person that I can get. Hey, you're selling it. It's an estate. You're selling it with five siblings. Do all five siblings want to sell the home? Are all five siblings on board? Yeah. Is there one sibling that thinks their house is worth three hundred thousand when it's really worth one eighty? Like, I mean, this happened. So it's like, we like, yeah. it, it, do I have? An Don't issue? want to be dealing with that down the road. Let's get that all out. Yeah. So front. it's like let's let's yeah. put all of our let's put all the facts on the table because I want to make sure that we leave here and I'm on the same page. I'm not going to disclose this to anybody but myself. I'm kind of like a priest. Like you tell it to me, it's staying with me. I'm very good at keeping like things under wraps. Um, but it's like give me all the information. The more information, the better. Because if I don't need it, then I'll just I'll just push away the stuff I don't need. But I need all the information I can get. Then from there, why are you selling? What's your goal? How? What's your financing situation look like? Okay, perfect. Let me put that on the side. I know that. Now let me bring market into it, the real estate market. Let me educate you on where we're at, what's realistic, what's actually happening in this area, this price bracket, this style of home, that whole all that jazz. 
Now let's merge the two and come up with a strategy. Because based on our, our actual facts, which is the, what's happening, and based on your opinions or wants, which is why you're selling goal and everything else and finances, some of those are facts, finances are facts. But how much money you need to sell and, and walk away with sometimes is more of a want than a need. Yeah. Okay, I wanna walk away with 100,000, great. What happens if you're a little high and you yeah. can only walk away with about 70? Is that fine? You want to walk away with 100, but do you need 70? Do you need, or do you need 100, or can you live with 70? Yeah. And it's not because I want you to have 70. I'd rather have you sell and walk away with 200. Yeah, right. You know, but at the end of the day, I got to strip yeah. it back and say, realistically, I'm, you're paying me to be People got to get mad at you sometimes, like, um, because they just get I, worried about money, and you're like, look, look, I'm trying I, to help you sell I this home. You got to listen to me, right? I don't. Like, um, I don't take it personally when people value money. And, and I don't. Yeah. It's, it's time and money. It's time versus money. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a pure XY chart. Time yeah. versus money. What is more important to you? I don't care. I don't have the answer. I'm not going to tell <laughs> you, you one way or the other. you to wait this out, we can wait this out. I tell you all, all the time. Yeah. Hey, we yeah. need to walk away with hundred grand. Okay, great. The market's about 20000 away from that. Yeah. Let's list it. We're going to list it where you want. I'm just letting you know this could be a one to two year to three year process before we sell it. I'm not going anywhere for decades. Yeah. You're good. Like I'll yeah, be yeah, yeah. If you yeah, want yeah, yeah. you want to just make this a long, long, long listing, let's roll. I'm in. Doesn't cost you money to list. Let's do it. Yeah. And that whole process, but I think if people realize I'm like, I'm not I I'll be in it for three years. Let's do it. Like I'm not in it to sit there and have a quick sale as you make a dollar. Like I want <laughs> like what's your goal? Yeah. Let me then tailor this strategy to meet your goal we'll based on what you want. Under what's realistic. Yeah, and I give you real, yeah. real, realistic terms, yeah. and I say, what's your goal? You tell me your goal, and I say, okay, perfect. That's what you want to do. You're the boss. Yeah. Now, let's adjust our strategy based on, because now you put yeah. a new parameter in, and now you put a new absolute of, I'm not going under X. Perfect. Draw a line in the sand. We're never going under. I want to. I can't sell for less than 230. Great. So yeah. 229, I'm telling everybody at 229, go pound salt. We can't, we can't accept it. Yep. We wait to 230. Most of the time, I find out that two thirty is really a want, not a need. And this is—I mean, it moves. I, but I've been, as more time and I've been doing goes. this long enough that yeah. I never want someone to get down to the bare minimum. But if it comes down to buying or selling or accomplishing your goal, and you have to take the bare minimum to do so, then guess what? Accomplishing your goal of moving down and being with your grandkids or living next to your family—is that more important mm -hmm. than the five thousand you're giving up in value? Mm -hmm. Again, I can't yeah. make that decision. My guess is <laughs> probably a, not. When you put it like that, it becomes a and very A lot of it is you just hit realistic. people with very logical, yeah. thought out, sci I say scientific from the market standpoint, yeah. but very educated. And again, I've been doing this for so many years that I can really tailor it down. And I don't want to say persuade people. I hate persuading people, but I could definitely educate someone where I'm like, listen. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I strongly suggest you do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on everything you're telling me, this by far is yeah. your best opportunity. We can do the other stuff, but you're yeah. gonna, the percentage chance that, that happens is very slim. Let's use the better opportunity and better odds and try to like. It's almost like gambling. Like, is it bad term? Maybe well, bad term, but like, yeah. Hey, man, you can make X. This is the percentage this person wins is going to be X, and you make a better return. Or do you want to take the long shot and know they're probably not going to give you anything? But like, I want to take the long shot. Like, it we is, can do it. It is a little like gambling. Insurance yeah. is a little bit like gambling too. Yeah. I've learned something today because I don't know that much about real estate. And if I was talking to you, I'd be like, all right, I'm giving this guy the benefit. I mean, knowing you personally also. I probably glazed over. I went yeah. in a couple of like tangents there. But. Yeah. I guess I don't really have like an opinion about real estate agents. I think the used car salesman is always the bad guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I sell insurance. You sell, you know, you're a real estate agent. I don't, I guess I don't think of real estate agents as being automatically 
like, oh, they're going to try to pull one over on me. I don't think that. I And maybe because there's, you know, the ones that I've interacted with up here have been really, really good and solid. And maybe that's not always true of other places. But, I mean, anybody, uh, the way you just broke that down, like I, I felt like you were really, you were giving me the straight shot. This is, we're looking at our empty wine glasses right now. <laughs> you gave like me the straight it. shot. And I, I, I think anyone who's who's trying to dip their toe in the water, they need that. So you're get, you're doing a good service for people up here by doing that. Well, I, I think mo- majority of agents up here, I think, do it with the right intention. Yeah. There's better. It's like anything. There's better well, insurance yeah, yeah. agents around here. It's just the ones yeah. that are doing it longer have maybe, a, you know, at the end of the day, maybe a little bit um, more mental attributes and others like they just there's certain people that are just you know are, are better at that profession but um i look at it as i think it also is, is is a byproduct of our community like yeah i don't know if i could sell real estate in a big city i think honestly i get too guilty and honest yeah. on stuff where i just don't, don't do that because i i I've yeah. told so many people not to buy stuff because i'm like if i tell you to do it i make a few grand if i tell you not i make zero but can i live with myself mm knowing that I gave you the wrong information every single time. I always, 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 always default to if I can, whatever advice I give you, I need to sleep at sleep well at night knowing I gave you the right advice. And that might mean not short term financial gain. And I will punt that all day long. If you yeah. care less, I always, and this is what my, probably the one best thing my dad ever told me was always make sure any decision you make that you can sleep, you can sleep. Yeah. It's and great advice. I've never yeah. in 12 or 11 years of real estate ever made a decision where I could not sleep at night, where mm. I couldn't, couldn't not sleep at night. Whatever <laughs> no, I, I got you. I could yeah. go to sleep at night and be fine. Yeah. Now has that always meant I've made the best decision or have I always made the right decision? Absolutely not. I made mistakes, Yeah. but it was made with the right intent. It was made with the right intent based on the information I had and I made that decision to me that was the best decision or advice at the moment. Was it always gonna was that the correct one at the end of the day? Maybe no hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe it didn't work out. <laughs> but I could look yeah. at it and be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was probably the wrong thing to say or do. But honestly, that was at the time yeah. that was what I thought was best. Yeah, and I totally. can live with it. It's myself. I'm not gonna sit there yeah, and ask yeah. for a mulligan. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. I'll hit it out of the rough, you know, and just kind of deal with it. A hundred percent. I think that's, I think that is, I think that's good advice for anyone getting into any sales because when you're talking about sales, you're talking about trust, you know, people are buying something from you because they trust you. And, um, when it's like something like real estate or insurance, people are expecting you to be an expert in the field, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, insurance people don't always, I mean, a lot of people don't understand insurance and I try to dumb it down and try to make it easy to digest. But even when I do that, you could tell that people are like, what, um, but you know, it's great advice to give to salespeople because when people give you that trust, you can't, you can't abuse it. You know, you have to, I'm in full agreement with you that you have to come from it from the right intention with good integrity. And even if that means having a hard conversation, you know, that's what it means. I I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying I see a parallel there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think insurance, I think I hate used cars like the adage of used cars or adage of used cars salesman or even it's car kind salesman. of a tired cliche. I don't know if it's even, it, you know, like I think the be- I think the good agents, I would consider real estate insurance and finance in the same realm as we typically sell a service. Now you're, yeah, you, might a have point. A, you might have a product, but at the end of the day, you're really selling a service. It's a more. service. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think is I would go for insurance and say, 
okay, I'm. This is what I need. I'm gonna trust you. You know what you're doing. I don't. Yeah. Just figure it out. Like, Break it I'm, down. Break I'm, it I'm down. I'm coming to you because I know yeah. I know like and trust you. Yeah. Figure it out. Do it for me because it's your profession. But if I looked at that, I really think that those three professions, the ones that do it well, we all have the same mindset of what's your what's your why, what's your goal, yeah, and let me help you. And just trust me. Give your full trust to me because I've earned it, or I say earn it, but I've I've put in the legwork. And and the thing is, the earn it factor of like I don't think you ever earn it because you always got to keep you got to keep evolving. But yeah. I think building up a track record five, six, seven years ago, yep, yeah, you were probably coming to Galen and being like, dude, you're the guy. I think 10, 11 years that I've shown at least a lot of um, success or have started to show success that I think people could point to it and say, hey, you know what? I've seen enough or heard enough that you seem like a guy that knows what he's doing. Yeah. That wasn't five years, six years ago. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't the guy. And I was yeah. building towards that and I was yeah. learning, but... Now, I might think I was the best one back then, but I knew I had a long way to go. And even now, I have a, I have a long way to go. I mean, it's, you never stop learning, but I look at like my long way to go for me is like business. It's yeah. like, it's leadership. It's running a business. Yeah. It's management. Like I look at like your family yeah. and I, those, those are people like I would love to pick their brains and say, what are you about doing? to say? Maybe, maybe Dino would be one to come on sometime. I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably, yeah. um, reach out because I like, I mean, I know you're kind of joking about like the dog's birthday, but like there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff with like culture of a company. Yeah. And like I've seen, yeah, yeah. you know, golf tournaments after hours. I oh, mean, yeah. after hours, you guys hosted a fantastic after hours. There was a lot of staff there. Um, yeah, Sarah man. gave me a whole, a whole walkthrough of the whole, the whole yeah. place. and It was I, great. And yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, in Northern, it's awesome to have people say positive things about it. And I think it really comes back to this. We, we provide a service and the service we provide is great. And that's, um, that's something Bryce says. And that's something that I will also say when we're, when we're talking about a sale is that I can guarantee you, you're going to, you're going to have top of the industry service. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. I think for people, you know, you talk about, Oh, I've been, we've been in business for 90 years. Like, okay, that's cool. You've been around for a long time. What can you give me? You know, and what I can give you is you're going to have, when you pick up the phone, you're going to get, you're going to get connected to the person that you need to get in touch with. And we're going to get you straightened out and taken care of. I mean, I think, you know, Dina says, Oh, I always want to make insurance sexy. And it's like, well, can you really make insurance sexy? I, I don't know. I think, I think insurance, uh, is one of those things that it's, it is gambling, but there's a reason that people dislike insurance mm -hmm. is that you're like gambling against yourself. If you think about it, actually insurance, it started as gambling way back in like the beginning. Oh. It was people betting on ships if they'd make it from England to India. So people would bet it would make it, or they bet they wouldn't make it. And then well, like you play casino, you pay by insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it was built, insurance is built on gambling. The reason people dislike gambling is that when you take out a policy, you're betting against yourself. You're betting your house is going to burn down. Mm-hmm. So it's not get fun. life insurance. I'm betting right. I'm not going to die. If I ever have to use it, something bad happened. You know, yeah. so I'm betting that something bad is going to happen to me. That doesn't sound like fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would say to me, insurance is yeah. not like in my eyes, it's not yeah. sexy, but it's imperative. Like you need it. You need it. It's not, it's a need, not a want. Yeah. And the other side of that is that the companies are also placing a bet that nothing is going to happen to you. Exactly. So the companies are actually betting 
you know, we're going to make your premium this. This is yeah, our young, healthy individual. Like you're good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Are you a good driving record? So yeah, it's an interesting thing when people say they don't like insurance. But with a lot of time when people say they don't like insurance because they've had a bad experience on the service side of things with an agent. I don't dislike insurance. Like my my yeah, I. I mean, I'm not really interested in insurance because to me it's not sexy. I see why people like real estate and think yeah. real estate's sexy because of houses. Look and, at these pictures of these amazing well, houses. That and the drone flyovers. Oh, and, and then yeah, you get yeah, the yeah. Uh, million dollar listing. We need and more, the guys we need more like, dr- drone flyovers and insurance. I know. And like, yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> he's flying over Colin, filling out the paperwork. Like, <laughs> the, the, uh, oh, yeah. That's oh, he's great. dotting his eyes, yeah. crossing his T's. That, but. <laughs> The, uh, but the, like, then you got like million yeah. dollar listing and you have all the Instagram because it's very visual. It's oh, a visual it's very product. visual. Like, yes. insurance is not visual. It's, no. it's a thought. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a concept. Almost. It's a concept. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You fill paperwork out and there's the idea. It's peace and, of mind. And that's what you pay for. Yeah. And like, for me, like, thank God I have insurance for many reasons. And you, I think the idea is like, people are like, oh, why do I got to pay for something I don't need? Well, I'm like, because if you do need it, yeah. you're going to be thinking, you know, if you started, you bought it. But it's, uh, I, I think. <laughs> I think what you guys do yeah. a good job of is even if the product is not sexy, you can still make the you can still make the culture sexy. You can still make the people that sexy. You can still make the idea yeah. of um, what you guys do in the yeah. like. I look at Northern Insuring. Like my instant thought of Northern Insuring is like that's a major player in upstate New York, and maybe I mean obviously yeah. I know you have you have regional offices too. So like in the Northeast yeah. region, so I look at yes. that as like that is like you guys are very involved in a lot of events. Yeah. You headline a lot of events. Um, you, I, like I said, I don't know your your family as well, but like I'm sure they're at a ton of events. I know there's a lot of people from your your organization that are a lot of a lot of events and are, are urged to go to and be out and about in the community. And I look at that, I'm like, you know what? That's a culture of people that even if the industry is not like, I think you, I have a very positive outlook on you guys, and. It's insurance, but I'm like, you know, right. they're good people and, or they seem like great yeah. people. At least the people I know there yeah, are really yeah. awesome people and the people that work there like working there. And I look at that as like, that comes from the top and, and stems over generations. Like I'm sure, like you said, your great grandfather, or at least your grandfather had molded that culture, which at least yeah. molded your, you know, your mom. Well, and, Dina, you know, and Dina has done a lot. Yeah. And she might've taken uh, that baton and just ran with when it. When Dina joined, you know, it was mostly guys. And it was like suits and ties every day. How long has she been there? She's been there for 30. Ooh, it's coming up 30 plus yeah. years. Um, and, you know, women had to wear pantyhose and it was like this really strict. Uh, yeah. And it was a very like mad. It was very mad many. Yeah, yeah. Very like male dominated. And Dina has through the years in a, in a slow approach, I think really made it a more inclusive environment. And, um, I mean, I think culturally things have also changed away from the Mad Men era of things too. But Dina is a really dynamic leader. Um, and so when we talk about, you know, when you talk about my concept of Northern is that, I mean, I got, you have to give Dina the nod Mm -hmm. on the leadership that she's evolved it. She's used. I mean, yeah. And I mean, here I am coming in a fourth generation. I'm trying to put my own stamp on it. And you're talking about a just powerhouse of a woman who's been, leader in the community mm-hmm. um it's an awesome thing to talk with dina and hear her process and then you know i think about well okay in myself how what do i see in myself as leadership attributes because dina and i do have similarities but we have differences as well um she's a morning person i'm trying to be better at that you'll by get the there. way you'll get there yeah i'm getting i'm getting up a little earlier it's feeling good getting to the office a little earlier it's feeling good <laughs> um and i'll keep that going but yeah i think it's a it's a it's a lot of responsibility 
And um, there's pressure, just like in any small business too, because you know you talk about um, you know employees and the number of employees. I mean, I think we we feel a tremendous responsibility to the people who work for us. So that uh, you know, if you work for us, you're going to be working very hard, but we're going to take care of you too. Mm-hmm. And these are not just you know these are families that live in this have established lives here. And what can we do to make lives better for our employees and for their families? You know, that's a huge thing. We talk about where's Northern going, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to create more, um, established, uh, you know, grow that Northern employee base so we can have, you know, as many people as we can, many families as we can living healthy lives up here. And I think we need, you know, if we have lots of businesses in the community doing that that's what's really going to grow it grow our community stronger um but yeah it's it's a lot of you know you you join a business and you're kind of just trying to figure out the ins and outs and you really realize it's the people that make it go and you know for me i'm looking at i'm looking at around my employee about are looking at the employees that i work with and i'm like man i uh i this is this is more than just a business Mm -hmm. you know um you talk about like, oh, it's a family business, it's a family, but truly, it's it is community, and uh, yeah, I'm very lucky to be a part of it. But I definitely, I feel that I feel like in the future, that's the most important thing is that we keep a healthy amount of jobs, good employment, and good perks, and all that, and make it uh, a good culture where we li- where we work. It's important, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I th- I think you guys are are a leader, um, or, or definitely in the upper echelon of, of leadership around here. And again, being a, you know, independent local fourth gen, now fourth generation. Fourth. Company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's impressive. And, uh, like I said, I think you guys are going to be here for many, many more, um, at least decades, but hopefully generations. And like I said, we'll see, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> see if we get that fifth, fifth generation, but, yeah. um, Colin, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Galen, good. We'll, we'll wrap it up here. Cause uh, the wine's done. I got to pee. It's, Lights yeah. out. We'll get we'll get you. Like I said, we we both. Uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoy this. A few things I didn't get to, but yeah. you know, we'll, maybe we'll have you back on. That's yeah, I, I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate you having me on, Galen. It was good to good to hear your perspective as well. Um, so, Colin, anybody that wants to reach out, how do they get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of Northern? Kind of give you guys a little plug here. Sure. I mean, the number is five six one seven thousand area code five one eight, um, and then uh, yeah, my my email, Colin M C O L L. I N M at northerninsuring.com. Uh, would love to work with you as we grow the North Country. Awesome. That is episode 143 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling G A E L A N T R O M B L E Y.